time. I gotta start the fire again this time. Fuck. I mean, it's okay. People get to just see that it's a video from me. <laughs> it's not a video from you. We're not stealing from YouTube. Our next purchase is gonna be like green screen backgrounds. So we just have the fire. So we can just us. start a fire. <laughs> so we just, I mean, just have it up and running as like the green screen background. Beautiful. So this way it looks like we're in front of a fireplace. The whole time. Yep. Always. We're always in front of a fireplace. I'll even I'll make it so it's like each of us are in front of like half of one. So this way it's like we're sitting next to each other when it switches between the two of us. What we should do too is we should also start by wearing a bunch of layers of clothing and then progressively be like, God, it's getting hot and take a jacket off or something. Yes. And then eventually we're just naked by the end of it. The last half of this video will be on our OnlyFans. (laughs) Would you like to see part two of our review of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? (laughs) Exactly. Which comes out soon. Yeah. It's in like a week or two. I think it's after. I think it's the one we would do after this Nick Cage movie. I think so. Because, yeah, it's like May. And it's a single digit in May. So it's early, early, like first week of May. We might have one more week. We might. Let's see. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check right now. Do it. Check it out. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it would be because we have the weekend of the 29th and then the weekend of the 6th. Okay. And so, it comes out the weekend of the 6th? Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, it's May. It's not April. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. What is... Well, the coming soon. It just shows a picture of me with a thumbs up. Get get it? <laughs> do you get Do you get the There's joke? The new Liam Neeson movie, Memory. Ugh. Um. So that might that might be a might be a Star Wars. Uh. That might be a Star Wars <laughs> episode. That might be four, five, and six. Well, no, because now we're gonna do we're gonna do commentary instead to help not talk for a thousand hours. Oh no! Like so, that means we're gonna do like a. Force Awakens commentary video. <laughs> that is my favorite of the sequels. We'll start with that one. Cool. It's downhill from there. Yep. <laughs> and then after we finish it, we'll be like, all right, well, this is officially the end of the Something Something <laughs> podcast. Nick um, just had a mental breakdown. So, yeah, we might we might do that. We might come back and do Harry Potter. I might make you just watch it. <laughs> All right. You're like, oh, it's that or it's the Force Awakens commentary. It's the, the, neither one is a good option. Oh God. It's yeah, it's bad either way. Let's be honest. Secrets of Dumbledore or Force Awakens commentary. <laughs> oh God. Yep. So let's kick things off right to. Uh, I'm kind of sad that no one's in here because this is a movie I'm actually like stoked to talk about. Yeah, I would really like some interaction. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> It's because everyone thought we were going to do Harry Potter, and that's why no one showed up. Like, Ugh, Wait, we don't, uh, don't want to hear about that movie. That movie's going to suck. But at the same time, I feel like that's one that like we'd have so much fun ripping into. I feel like that, that's what, like if I was watching us, that's one I'd want to tune into, because like you just know it's going to be... Are the just, other two on anything? I don't I don't know what drugs they take. No, I'm, the other two movies, are they on like a streaming platform? <laughs> dipshit. <laughs> Um, my guess I, would be HBO. I have to spend money on them like I did. Well, I I don't feel bad about spending money watching the first Sonic. Movie right? Though. Yeah, that was that was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I I would guess that if it's gonna be on anything, because it's Warner Brothers, so it would be on HBO. 
We can check that later. I might watch those if we plan on doing the third one rather than just doing like recap shit. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to start off with what I know is Nick's favorite segment. Actually, before any of that, welcome everyone to the Something Something oh, Podcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? How you we're doing? We're so bad at this. We are. Um, my name's Nick. You just skipped our intro, you fuck. What? Oh, Welcome, shit. everyone, to okay. the Something Something Podcast. We're two cis white males watch a movie that they didn't think they were going to watch, but then they enjoyed it better than the one they planned on watching. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Russ. That is I'm Nick. Nick. I, your, I, I, your, I work here. <laughs> we're your co-hosts of this extravaganza. Yeah, this <laughs> podcast of fun. <laughs> um, don't, don't forget, give us a like, subscribe, all that fun notification bell shit. Cause yeah, beat the fuck out of that bell. And it helps us, hopefully. Teabag that notification bell. We're at 28 subscribers. Oh, woo! We're gonna hey, break you know 30. what? As long as our subscriber count stays higher than our episode count, we're winning. And that's getting dangerous. That's getting close. dangerous. Because <laughs> this is episode 21. <laughs> so, um, we just need one per episode. And then, like, you know, we'll just have to do a thousand episodes. I'm just going to make, I'm just gonna make like a thousand YouTube accounts <laughs> and <the> different emails. <laughs> just to get us to a thousand. Yeah. Just to do, monetize this. Do they not have those subscriber bots like they do on Twitter? <laughs> Probably. Let's just like pay thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So up first is Nick's first favorite segment, the weekly nerdy news. Nerd news, news for nerds, nerds who love news. That is. <laughs> um, right off the bat, Mister and Mrs. Smith is getting a reboot. Fucking starring a. Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. Okay. Why? Because, you know, for that. Die Hard, Mr. and Mrs. Smith fan base. That's you know. Every time I go to that Mr. Mrs. and Smith convention, the costumes are getting pretty dated. Yeah, not a lot to need, dress up as. Yeah, we know? need an updated one because yeah. Donald Glover's not doing anything, and we need to. Except he's, we need to remind everyone that he's a celebrity. I mean, Atlanta just came out though, season three of Atlanta. It's true, but like on the movies side of things, like that, oh yeah, that well, part I, of his career. I think his last movie appearance was like the second spot, like Marvel Spider Man movie. He did Lion King. Visual appearance. Oh, I don't know. I kind of wish that, like, I would love a like another Lion awesome. King remake that, that just shows the awesome. people <laughs> like cats, but Lion King. <laughs> and this time they won't remove the buttholes. Buttholes, people. <laughs> Butthole Gate, twenty twenty one. Buttholes, people. Buttholes. Come on. Everybody likes a butthole. Um, and last week, Liz Sheridan, who was uh, Jerry Seinfeld's mother on the show Seinfeld, oh. passed away. Oh. Okay. Well, rest in peace, mm-hmm. Seinfeld's mom. Right. Um, speaking of uh, Twitter earlier in the last week, a lot has happened in the last week because uh, this feels like it was like weeks ago, but Elon Musk officially announced... A bid of $43 billion to buy Twitter completely. Oh, 100% of Twitter? Yep. Oh. Uh, yeah. So the essentially, because it started out with like the 9% that he has bought 9% of the shares, and then he turned down a seat on the, we talked about this, like he turned down yeah. a seat on the chair, and the thought process was it so he can get more than 15%, because they're locked in. They legally can't buy more than 15% if they're a board member. So he turned that down, and then like three days later was like, hey, I want to buy all of it. Damn. So I'm not going to pretend I fully understand stock shit, but I guess um, Twitter put in like a, 
they did like a poison pill type thing which like ups the price of the stocks for a bit i think it's similar to like the whole thing that happened with gamestop oh gotcha okay where it just it it makes the price go up for a bit making it harder to buy out the it's, it's essentially designed to like prevent a, a hostile takeover um with to me the the irony in all of that is like do you guys care that much like you'd have a fuck ton of money just so that elon could have twitter like it's not because he's it's like he's gonna bury it if anything he's just gonna rename profit it? off of it I, I could even i doubt he'd even rename it like musker because like i think we're in a world now where making a new social media platform is basically impossible like Unless you can make something that massively improves on what already exists mm -hmm. and get insanely popular overnight, it's just not going to happen. I think like we're kind of stuck with there's Facebook and Twitter. Like, there's the metaverse, and then there's Twitter, and that's going to be it. Unless one or both of those just completely gets destroyed, and something has to rise out of the ashes, type of a thing. So like I don't like it's it's not. So I think that's his logic is just rather than making a new one that will get you know twenty thousand people buy the existing one and make it better i know like one of the first things he posted after it was like revealed that he got nine percent that he owns nine percent of twitter was he like asked like a survey question like hey guys do you want an edit button yeah yeah i saw that <laughs> i saw that <laughs> so that was awesome um so yeah we'll we'll see how that goes um Sonic 2 turns out to be Jim Carrey's highest grossing opening weekend movie of all time. Wow, ever. Mm -hmm. Wow. So if this is if that does end up being his last movie, massive like, Going out financial on career high, high note. note. Sonic 1 is his uh, third highest. I don't remember his second highest. Let's guess. I would guess something Fun newer. with Dick and Jane. Ooh. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely going to be Mr. Popper's Penguins. Ah, Fuck, that is a sleeper. Right? It's a sleeper, man. <laughs> so that's one that he's done. Fucking A. Um, HBO Max is doing a live-action Batgirl movie. They've finished filming, and they're talking about the sequel. What? Yep. The fuck? When did this happen? Recently. Who, who plays Batgirl? Oh, that's a, that is a question that has an answer. Hmm. That I didn't prepare for. I have just that they've made the movie. It's done filming. I think it's got at least one or two. Like I think, um, fuck, what's his name? The guy who plays Jim Gordon in Batman vs Superman and Justice League, and he's uh, J Jonah Jameson. Oh, Jake. Oh, Jake. Jake Simmons. Simmons. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So he's back as Jim Gordon. So presumably this is in the Ben Affleck Batman universe. But the that's Snyder not verse. a safe. Yeah, like so. Presumably, this is in the Snyderverse, but also that's not a safe bet at all. That's true. Um, kind of going hand in hand with this topic. Now that the Discovery Plus lock-in that has happened fully, um, one I guess Discovery has its own app, like streaming app. That's going to get merged with HBO Max, so that they're oh, cool. all the contents in one place, which would be nice for those yeah. of us who have the HBO Max app. Um, and presumably Discovery, I'm assuming whichever one you have is just going to merge into one subscription. Cool. And then on top of that, they have already started overhauling and are taking massive looks at the DC Universe. So everything that was going to happen, who fucking knows going forward. So 
Uh, I don't want to like go into details. You know, there's a lot of rumors, and I don't want to go into rumors. So once we have like concrete shit, we'll post those here as updates. Because um, I'd rather put like actual confirmed. Yeah, I feel you. Information rather than spin the rumor. Like, man. hey, this possibly means three Henry Cavill Superman sequels. Who fucking knows? That would be nice. I would actually be down for that. I know. I would love more Henry Cavill Superman. Um, so Fantastic Beasts three that we did not watch had the lowest gross opening weekend of any Harry Potter movie. Period. This is including the original eight films and all Fantastic Beasts. Ooh. I think the problem is that it's Fantastic Beasts. And, like, the first movie of the Fantastic Beasts I actually enjoyed. That was my favorite Harry Potter movie when I watched. Like, I liked the Harry Potter stories from the books more. Mm-hmm. But the movies felt less and less like they were actually, like, following that universe and that world. I kind of, I stopped a Goblet of Fire. And that's fair. Personally. Like, even, like, Harry Potter 3, like, they're in regular clothes for most of that oh, movie. I didn't see that movie either. I saw <laughs> 1, 2, and 4. That's weird. I didn't see four. I just saw four because it was on. My my grandpa was playing. That's it. fair, but like I, I would say that yeah, from three on, it got less and it, it felt less and less like that actual universe, and more like we're getting lazy because we're making movies, and the less we pay on this means the more money we'll make back because these are guaranteed to make money type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fantastic Beasts, like it felt like like watching it, I was like, okay, this is for the most part like what I pictured when. J.K. Rowling described this world in the books. Like it felt like they were trying to recapture the world more accurately. And so I enjoyed the first one. But the problem is after the first one, and I knew it was going to be an issue, when they announced that their plan was to do five movies, right now that's not guaranteed because number four will only get greenlit if three makes enough money. So we'll see what happens there. Um, once they announced that, I was like, that means it's going to be less about and they and they kind of followed up immediately with like yeah this is gonna deviate this is gonna be less monster hunter with harry potter animals and more just the story of dumbledore versus grindelwald and i think the problem is that you essentially have two different plots that you're trying to keep connected and then there's gonna be just way too many people so like i guarantee going into this movie so i'll see it at some point I 100% guarantee that's going to be one of the biggest issues is they're going to be just like a lot of characters that are only there because they were in the first movie, but they don't belong. Like, lot, like I doubt when J.K. Rowling wrote the Harry Potter books and she was, you know, doing the flashbacks to like Dumbledore's past, I really doubt at any point she was like, and this is going to have Newt Scamander who wrote the book about animals and he was heavily involved in all of this at the time. Like, <laughs> I 100% think that's more of a byproduct from we made the first movie. Rather than her planned story arc is that, you know, Dumbledore was helped by the ultimate animal lover of the Harry Potter universe. And that's how he beat the, the darkest wizard of all time. So. Yeah. Speaking of movies that I'm not excited to see, Thor 4 has a teaser trailer. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love these segues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Thor Love and Thunder finally dropped a trailer. And I say finally because it comes out like June or July. Like it literally comes out in two months. Yeah. And um, at this point with how long they were waiting, and it still might be this way, because this is more of a teaser trailer. I bet the actual trailer doesn't drop until Doctor Strange releases. Because that's in two more weeks. And I could see like, alright, here's the teaser because we've waited way too fucking long. 
like especially by Marvel like by any studio standards really, but especially by Marvel standards, it's jarringly surprising. That is a quick turnaround time. Like normally we'd have the first teaser almost six months before a movie's supposed to come out and like the trailer within a couple weeks of that. But we're like not even we're less than three months away. And that's kind of been like the ongoing question. It's like when are we getting the trailer? When are we getting the trailer? When are we gonna see anything? And it makes me wonder Because, like, the first trailer for Doctor Strange was, like, the post credit scenes for... For uh, Spider-Man. For, yeah, for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes me wonder if they're planning something like that. Yeah, like the, and, the second after credit or whatever. Yeah, and, and that, yeah, that there's going to be some kind of play into Thor uh, Love and Thunder, and that's why they're holding off. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that makes sense to me, unless they're... They just decided to completely change how marketing is done, and they want to like see if they can prove that this is known enough that we can do minimal advertising and still rake in the audiences, which I know it would just be done as a Disney power play, but I'd actually appreciate like that. It'd be nice getting a lot less advertising of movies, you know, not having half like not having major scenes yeah exactly spoiled the whole fucking movie over a course of four trailers yeah yeah exactly because like that's the problem is when you start advertising too early you have to put out more trailers because otherwise people get tired like i've now like i'm still excited for the movie but i've now seen the same trailer for bullet train probably seven times because it's attached to every movie i go see the same trailer every time like so that's I'm, how I'm, I felt about this Fantastic Beast movie, though. Too. Yeah, I agree. I've been seeing this same trailer for months, mm-hmm. and like, and that's the thing. And so, like, when you start advertising too early to keep things fresh, you have to put out a new trailer with at least twenty to fifty percent different footage than the previous trailer mm-hmm. every couple of months, just so that people aren't getting stale on the one trailer they've seen. And so, well, yeah, like, how many trailers did we see for fucking Morbius? Seriously, though. Fuck no way home. Same thing, dude. Seriously. And so, like, so I that's why I can appreciate this. Like, hopefully, we don't get five trailers for Thor: Love and Thunder because otherwise, that means we get a new trailer fucking every other week leading up to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we gotta play catch up, guys. Start pumping. We have so many trailers waiting. Just every other week, <laughs> hit go, green light. Drop the trailer. Uh, drop the trailer. Drop the trailer. So, probably skip ahead five minutes if you don't want to hear about the trailer. We're gonna talk about it for a little bit. Uh, Seems kind of weak. Yeah, it, it, it's exactly what I was expecting. Like, even the trailer, there were times where I'm like, oh my god, the humor is way too high just in the trailer. Like, which tells me that Taika Watiti was told to go full Taika Watiti in this movie, which I appreciate for other things. I thoroughly fucking love. Um, Our flag means death. Jojo Rabbit. What we do but, uh, in the shadows. That's what, thank you. I was like, specifically what we do in the shadows is what I was trying to think of at the time. Um, Our Flag me- Means Death started out good. I saw, I just kind of, like, it was good, but it wasn't like, I have to keep watching this good. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I think I missed the last episode or two just because I got distracted by other shit and haven't really, like, felt the draw to go back. The way, because I, I had the same thing happen with what we do in the shadows, but that I was like, I need to go finish this. All the episodes are out now. I want to go watch this. So like, our five me death, like it was decent. I think I expected a lot less of a 
it was advertised more of like an action comedy than essentially a rom-com mm -hmm. and that's i think that's what rekindled for me was just kind of going in expecting one show and getting something i would say very different um is just is just why like i'm sure going back i'll enjoy it more now that i know what to expect if i go back in the future but yeah jojo rabbit um the one with sam neill and the kid from deadpool 2 oh, i gotta pull this up because this was a good one that's like in australia <gasps> Bloodhound is here. I love hey. that he's introduced with the podcast can now begin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I don't think I've seen that. That's good. I recommend. I'll try to remember to show you the trailer afterward. Okay. Um, so, like, I enjoy a lot of what he's done. But, like, something that... If you told me to pick what episodes of Mandalorian he directed... I would not be able to. He directed probably, episodes of Mandalorian? He directed the final episode of season one. I had no idea. Exactly. Because, like, I think he was given constraints of, like, here's what you're allowed to do. This cannot be a jarring comedy in contrast to the entire rest of the season type of a thing. So, like, I think, like, I, I, I think he's a good director. And I think with the right constraints, he could make anything. I think that's true of any director. But I think the problem with Marvel is that I think he was basically told, you know, here's the basic rules that you have to, you know, here's the story elements you have to have. You have to acknowledge the larger universe in these specific ways. And then other than that, go make a Taika Waititi film. And that's why I hated Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. I know it's a lot of people's favorite Thor movie. And it's a lot of Which is top. honestly why I think Love and Thunder might be coasting. Because yeah. Ragnarok was a very successful Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Guardians of the Galaxy is doing. It's just coasting on James Gunn's name. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I think that's why when they initially fired James Gunn, instead of just hiring or hiring a replacement director, they put the entire movie on hold. And it, probably if they didn't decide, never mind, we're our bad, we'll hire James Gunn back. I doubt we would have ever gotten Guardians three. Um, and so I think it's it's the same thing with with Thor. That's why we got Taika Waititi back despite the fact that it's been a different director per, per Thor movie. Right. Um, oh, we'll get to Moon Knight, Bloodhound. Uh, he's like, he started it last night. Uh, and so, like, there was just, yeah, in this trailer alone, there was, like, eye roll, like, oh, God, this is, like, there were comedy moments dragged out in a minute and 20 second teaser trailer, which means it's going to be worse in the movie. <laughs> like, it's going to, like... <laughs> That that's just exactly what that means. Yeah. Um, we'll see if Natalie Portman phones it in or if she actually tries, because it could go either way. Like, yeah. Like I'm not at all shitting on her acting ability, but I am shitting on her commitment to franchises, and that's exactly why we haven't seen her between Thor two and now, despite the fact that her character made an appearance. In Endgame, yeah, right. But that wasn't her. It was it was unused dialogue. It was unused or recycled dialogue from previously recorded movies, and then a stunt double. So, it's uh, Jess Aurora, Hello. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see her as uh, the Mighty Thor is what they're calling her for this movie. 
Um, I think for easiness sake, we're also going to call her Lady Thor just as a differential. Um, and Russell Crowe is the one playing Zeus. Yeah, I kind of hope that they kill him off. Like, I think that so like, would be fucking I hilarious. I think he's there for two reasons. One, there's going to be an overly drawn out argument about who the real God of Thunder is. Calling that now. And two, he's going to get killed. Because the villain is Gore the God Killer. Yeah. So that means they need gods that are just there to be cannon fodder. So that the villain seems like a threat. Now, the villain is actually the one thing I'm excited about for this movie. Because it's Christian Bale. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. It's Christian Bale as Gore the God Killer. Fucking So hell. like, that's the only thing about this movie that has me still like interested. Because I love Christian Bale as an actor, and he really commits a thousand percent. So him as the villain is that's new, and I'm excited for that. That could be fun. Yeah. So, but I 100% think Zeus is gonna die. Like one oh one hundred percent, Christian Bale is going to murder the fuck out of Russell Crowe. I think that's that, gonna happen. The only solace I have, <laughs> pretty <laughs> sure. So yeah, so that's that's a thing. Um, let's see. Let's pull up the next bit of news. News here. Um, they're making a live-action Minecraft movie, and the plan is to star Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, hold I on, have no on. idea if that, I need like... to digest the information that I just received. <laughs> right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is he Steve? Is that, like, the thing? No is idea. he gonna be Steve? Like, I don't know if he's Steve. Like, I don't know if this is gonna be live-action, like, the way Sonic is. And there'll be like a real person who gets like with a digital like is it gonna be like a digital Minecraft world, but there'll be a real person in it? Is it gonna be something like the Lego movie? Well, kind of like Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Are you? Kidding? I have no idea. Like how this is like is it? Yeah, is it gonna be like a person surrounded by eight bit stuff? Someone gonna is get just... sucked into the game Minecraft? And that's that's the thing. Like I don't. Is it gonna be like Jumanji? I'm just confused. I mean, I'm down. I would really... Wait, Bloodhound, why is Jason Momoa a creeper? What? What happened? Now I'm, yeah, like, now, what, what did we miss? Because well, I don't have, have any nerd second. news about Momoa any, being a creep. I don't have any news about him. I have a different number of the Justice League being a creep that we're going to talk about next. Uh, Ezra? Yeah, we're going to talk about him again. <laughs> I mean, damn, is it Miller. nerd news if we don't end it talking about Ezra Miller no, and Will Smith? No, it's not nerd news. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We need to have like a whole Will Smith section. Those are the, those are the last two, so we're going to get... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. But, uh, yeah, so... Oh, Ezra Miller, what's going on with him? Uh, but, just, yeah, the, the live-action Minecraft movie, because... Fucking A. I, I mean, I'm... That's something I would definitely like to see. Because, you know, for. Pixels worked so well. Oh. <laughs> I just want to know what live-action means, like, more than anything else. Like, that's, that's the first thing I need clarified, is what they mean by live-action. Yeah, what's live? <laughs> what, what's going on? Like, is it like, are they gonna just try to make eight bit people look as real as possible? Because that just sounds creepy as fuck. Like, it, like I'm picturing a horror movie at this point because are we gonna just take real people but make them look like eight bit monsters and it's just gonna be a nightmare? Imagine what the creeper is gonna look like. <sighs> Maybe that's what he meant by he's a creeper. We really need some clarification yep. here, Bloodhound. He who still hasn't replied. So thanks, Bloodhound, for creeping. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to decide if I want to like shit nah, on just... Moon Knight for a second. 
Oh, the zombie things. They're creepers. So yeah, he was just saying like. Oh, he's playing. I guess a that he could see him being a creeper. Oh. Okay. Well, he's in the lead. He's the lead role. So Jason Momoa is the lead. So unless it's like a random movie about a creeper, that's exactly <laughs> what's gonna be now. <laughs> it's gonna be. Oh, what was what's the zombie romance movie we talked no, about? No, we're not talking about now. warm bodies again. It's Fuck gonna be this warm shit. bodies, but for Minecraft. Oh, it's gonna be no. Minecraft creepers. It'll be warm creepers starring Jason Momoa. No, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that movie. Where's Austin at? He'd fucking love that. Oh. Next bit of nerd news: Ezra Miller got arrested again in Hawaii. No, I like it hasn't been revealed why, but just yet again, this is like the third time in the last like year. Jesus this Christ, dude's getting arrested, probably for assault. If we're being honest, because the last twi- two times have been assault. Like this dude. At least he's consistent. <laughs> I hope he gets help. Something's wrong with that person. Maybe he's just upset that Fantastic Beast Three didn't do as well as he wanted to. <laughs> He's like, man, I'm really riding on this Flashpoint thing. <laughs> um, also, so Red Table Talk, which is Jada Pinkett Smith's like podcasty thing on Facebook oh. that she does oh. with her family. I got an ad for that today. So it's it's back, uh, but the new season does not appear to have Will Smith in any of the episodes. <laughs> so he is a. Uh, very much in the doghouse for not defending her fast enough, I guess, or for defending her too violently. He Who kind of like does? really ruined his fucking career to defend her. So like, I don't. Yeah, which the best part is that he started out laughing. Like he thought the joke was funny, and clearly only like got up to defend her because she got mad. Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. He slapped the shit out of his own career. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, he can't even be on his wife's show. Oh, man. I'm sure she'll get boyfriends on instead. Yeah. That's a never-ending joke that's never going to go away. Hmm. In our in our build-up um, to future things. Ooh, that's what we might be able to do in our off week. Moon Knight might be done by then, so we can do that, because that's only six episodes. Yeah, they're on. this is number three that's releasing this week, or four that so releases four, tomorrow? Four or five that comes out. Okay. I think I think four. Maybe five, but it's definitely four, because we've had three, because there's episode one that introduces us to the characters. Two is the... Yeah. Um, two, so this one that two really introduces Mark, and three, they're in Egypt. Yeah, so this is four that comes out tomorrow. Yeah, with... Uh, and that, that's... Uh, yeah, I don't want to get in any like spoilery details for anyone who hasn't watched finished, Moon Knight. I haven't finished three. It doesn't get better. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> it's funny. I had a guy who we were talking about. He's like, yeah, I watched episode three. I really enjoyed it. Like, the action was great. And I was like, I haven't seen it yet, but like, action's not enough. And based on what I've seen outside of the action, like the dialogue, and he went, he's, he went back, he actually rewatched it. And I was just like, I'm not excited for the plot element. That's all I basically said. He went back, rewatched it. He's like, oh, I rewatched it. No, like, paying attention, the action's actually bad. And that episode was horrible. Holy crap. Um, Is that what you do this for, Russ? Is that why you do this? No, because like, is I, that why you do this, Russ? I haven't Russ? even seen it. I literally just was basically like, I'm not excited for episode three. I need to watch it, that and Halo, Ugh. and so like, it was just, it was just. I'm glad you liked it. Like maybe it will get better. Just as of right now, I'm not stoked for it. And then he was like, I rewatched it again, and oh my god, it's so much worse the second time. Like, and there are, and I agree, Bloodhound. First episode was fun. Like episode one had me. Yeah, I was kind of excited. Like, like the scales on his arm, it was teetering, <laughs> like whether it could get really good or really dog shit. 
and unfortunately it went with the latter it, it went the latter route um which knowing what little i know about moon knight's character heavily adds to that because steven is not supposed to be a whiny bitch he's supposed to essentially be bruce, bruce wayne. wayne yeah like in the comics so this isn't a spoiler for anything but in the comics there are three personalities generally speaking to moon knight you have mark specter the the main person mercenary who's guy. the mercenary um that's the main guy technically um and he's the main moon knight then you have uh steven who is bruce wayne he's the philanthropist just, yeah he's he's a millionaire the entrepreneur um he's he's literally just con- like he's he is the reason why moon knight gets compared as marvel's batman like he is full-on bruce wayne and the third personality whose name i forget i think it's like flynn or something he's a ca- he's like a tag yeah, he's a taxi ca- driver, yeah, and so, driver. And which and the whole point for that personality is to basically be kind of in the perfect position to gather information mm-hmm. uh, because with all the languages that he knows and all the other stuff that he knows like he can overhear a lot like you can get a lot of information as a taxi driver so be careful what you say around your uber guys um it could be you know one of moon knight's personalities ready to bust you for all of a sudden he john wicks you bro right <laughs> um and so that's the character and the sad part is especially in episodes two and three there were so many moments where i was like wow if you this whole thing would be way more interesting if you'd not neutered the character like there are so many scenes with mark where you're like you could have essentially the same like characters almost in the same place that they are but everything becomes infinitely more interesting if steven is the bruce wayne type character rather than this coward who's just terrified I was like, you, it's it's kind of sad how much that one change actually is detracting from the lead in this show. Um, and they've already said that there is little to no chance that there's going to be a second season. Like, kind of kind of like, um, like WandaVision, where it's just meant to be like a single season story that's kind of meant to bridge stuff mm-hmm. in a way. Um, Book of Boba Fett. I feel like it's going to be like getting that same treatment where there's not going to be a second season of that show specifically. Yeah, I think so. Um, and sadly, same for Hawkeye. Unfortunately, that like was that, the that, best one they made. Yeah, because like, and I, I, although I could see that being the case because maybe like Kate Bishop will get her own series or her own movie, and she's gonna have, and she has her own separate name from Hawkeye, and so like that's why Hawkeye will only be one season. But you know, kind of like the way Book of Boba Fett is a spinoff of Mandalorian they might kind of do her own spin-off of the series Hawkeye, yeah. um, which I'd be excited for. And so I'm kind of excited for Echo now that I've seen Hawkeye season one. I'm excited for Echo because I hope Daredevil's in it. Right? And I hope Kingpin is back. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So we'll, we'll go into full spoilery details of Moon Knight at some point in the future. And Halo as well. God, Halo. Oh, it's just so bad. Kill me. Like. Kill me. It's sad that I look f- more. I do look more forward to Moon Knight than Halo. I think it's close. I don't really. I'm look, not actually sure. I don't really look forward to either. Movie. I don't either. Like, and them being a day apart actually doesn't help. Because then I put off watching one, and then I have to watch both of them, and then I'm just like, oh, it's even worse. Oh, it's just yeah. It's yeah. A, it's life. It's life. 
What's up, Jasmine? Hey, Jazz. We're just having an existential crisis. Yeah, we're talking about Moon Knight and Halo. <laughs> Is this what we do? Is this really what we do? <sighs> right, yeah, there are some things I'm just not excited to bitch about for hours on end. So, that's the end of Nerd News. Nerd News is complete. That just like sounds that? like you're getting off. You like the end of that? <laughs> but working on how to, how to transition out of Nerd News. <laughs> oh, we're all done. Oh, and by the way, today's drinks are uh, cucumber mules. So, uh, we did Effin is the brand, and it's a cucumber vodka. Muddled some cucumbers in there for added cuteness. For added cuke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're delicious and very refreshing. Dude, seriously, the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> Miles saw the latest sub. He's like, "You guys, you guys got another sub, and they're Mexican. I'm no longer special." <laughs> um, oh, you're still special uh, to me, Miles. Also, you, apparently, Nick Nick just moved in surround sound. What? Oh, I'm guessing they have us on the TV again with full surround sound. Whoa! <laughs> oh, I just went. <laughs> In surround sound? Beautiful. Tight. Uh, Nick did get a mic upgrade, though, so we're both running the Elgato Wave 3s. You! You! We got some upgrades you. technologically, you. which is nice. Um, and Miles, I will definitely have to make these when we hang out. Actually, I can make these at work, even, because we have the, the shit. So next time you guys come over or next time we hang out, whatever happens first, I'll make us some of these mules. They're quite tasty. I'm down. Um... Do you want to do movie first or like, yeah? Let's like, do just... let's do movie first. All right, and then in in our wrap up we can go into the whole spiel that we have planned. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, I'm down to talk something positive for a while. Yeah, anything, everything, all at once. Uh, it's everything. Oh shit! Everything, everywhere, all at once. Fuck! I've been Job. saying this wrong the whole <laughs> fucking time. Damn it! Miles' throat's getting better. Ooh. Throw goat. I guess Effin has a chocolate vodka, and yeah, making a chocolate cake shot with that, that, that would be good. Actually, you know, if you do the chocolate cake, uh, and like do the chocolate cake shot, and you add a little bit of coconut rum, you can turn it into a German chocolate cake. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> we do this at work. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, this movie that I don't want to ruin the title of anymore. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah! Woo! We're so proud of it. We got it, guys. Yeah, woo! woo! Great fucking movie. Oh, it was fantastic. Holy shit, this was a good movie. I didn't think a... This this movie's hard to define genre-wise. Because, like, it's got great action, but it's definitely not an action movie. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of great jokes, but it's not a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's... It's like a, a family drama, but like you don't realize that till almost the end of the movie. Like, it's it just seems so surreal and like mind fucky for like the first hour and a half of this movie. Uh-huh. Like the one thing I will say, like the trailer did not do this film justice. And I'm not saying the trailer was bad. It definitely sparked my interest, and I think maybe that's how more trailers should be. Instead of like setting you up for the best thing ever in a way that you cannot possibly deliver, it. The trailer was good enough that under, I was like under promise over deliver. Yeah, like the trailer was good enough that I was like, I want to, I want to see this, and I I was almost like and just low enough that I was almost dreading because when when you were all hey can we talk about this instead of 
fantastic garbage and where to find it. <laughs> um, I was like, <sighs> I mean, I kind of want to see this movie. Yeah, fuck, I guess. But like, this might be our shortest episode. We'll talk about it for all of ten minutes, and that'll be it. Because. Cause, like the trailer looked interesting, but again, like that—that that was it. It just was like a passive, and eh, because I like, I probably wouldn't have bought a ticket to see this, and like outside of this, and would have just gone because I had the unlimited pass and I could right. kind of go see this for free. However, now, like, I cannot recommend enough pay to go watch this movie. Seriously, see like, this movie as soon as you fucking can. Um. <laughs> Jasmine, story of my life, always under-delivering. Hey, whoa, over-delivering is what we said. I mean, you put up with, every day that you put up with Miles, you're over-delivering. No shit. Like, you, I mean, you live with the guy, that's, I see him once every other month. And even then, I'm exhausted. Yeah, so, (laughs) like, you are over-delivering by far. Yeah, you got this shit, don't even worry about it. Lockdown. Yeah, don't ever doubt yourself. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Believe in yourself, which is one of the many awesome morals of this movie. Seriously, this movie, this movie is a roller coaster. Like I went from like being like hell yeah action to ha 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 hot dog fingers <laughs> to fucking to fucking crying at the end of this fucking movie. Also, Miles just peeped in, and I could just hear the sadness in his voice as he typed this. I'm a joy. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's one hundred percent how I how I read that. Just I'm a joy. That's how I read that, and I hope that's exactly how you typed it, Miles. Yeah, why don't you we go? Love you. Why don't you go take a nap, Miles? Huh? <laughs> go sleep it off. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Um, but yeah, you were here. You could have had this drink. It it starts off like this. This woman, she's just like living the busiest fucking life possible. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's very clear <laughs> that she's been neglecting pretty much every element of her family. As she's struggling to keep this uh, laundromat afloat that she also doesn't seem to care about. Like, it's just this is what she does for a living because this is what she was given as her life. And so she's trying to make the best of it and is almost seeing everyone in her life as just a distraction that's put her in this position where she's being audited by the IRS. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, her husband is so wholesome. Oh, yeah. Wayman. He's, for those of you who think you recognize him, which, by the way, I realize he could totally play, like, Jackie Chan's younger brother in a movie. Like, oh, with yeah. him and Jackie Chan. Like, he's grown up to look just enough like him, like, that they could be, like, brothers or cousins in a movie. And I that would be great. Yeah. Uh, Renta. But for those of you who think you recognize him, he is the kid from Indiana Jones 2 and Goonies. He is that... <laughs> He's adorable Data, young like Asian dude. Data, right? Isn't that his name? Data in, in, Goonies? in the Goonies. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, fucking awesome. Right? I, yeah. I had was, no idea. Yeah. To be honest, um, there's a lot of like surprise, like oh, it's that, like Jamie Lee Curtis as the IRS. Yeah, as the auditor. <laughs> and I mean, just like the the roles that they played in this, like, because it's it's a multiverse movie, right? Where like you're mm-hmm. channeling you from like a different universe. Yeah, like, I think the best way I would describe it is like a hybrid of if you've watched Rick and Morty, like the goggles that he makes that let you kind of see through the eyes of yourself in different dimensions. Yeah, yeah. Combined with the animus. Okay, yeah. Like the and Assassin's so, Creed animus. Yep. Um, yes. 
Uh, short round, Miles. Thank you. Yeah, short round yeah, is his name, Indiana round. Jones. Yeah, he's he's the husband in this movie. Um, and so yeah, so it's kind of like that. So basically, what it is is you've got these uh Bluetooth cell phone headsets that you put on both of your ears, and you need to do something Dude, weird. Okay, they call it the jumping off point because uh-huh. it, the way that it's described is like every time you make a choice in your life where you're at like a fork in the road and you go left, well, there's another universe created from your choice of going right, mm-hmm. and so. In order to, to channel that other multiversal of yourself, you need to do what they call a jumping off point, which is like the other decision that could try like put you on a trajectory towards the person you're trying to, yeah, to channel. And it's, and it's one of those things that like because it's possibly been so long since the decision was made, like you have to do something weird. And the weirder and more insane it is, the more the, the easier it is. To channel that specific universe. Dude, like the butt plug thing. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Dude. Um, like, um, no, no, Bloodhound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Um, and uh, yeah, shortstop is a is a position in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. That's not the name of an Asian child in Indiana Jones. Uh, it's also a position I played in baseball. So if you ever want like tips on how to be a shortstop, I got you. Especially the short part. I'm five seven. <laughs> I love you. Stop. <laughs> um, and and so yeah, so it could be something ranging from telling a murderous psychopath that you love them to jumping <laughs> to just fucking inserting cannonballing onto a dildo trophy. Yeah. Um, uh, or uh, giving yourself paper cuts in between the webbings of your fingers. Yeah, that which, fucking. Like, I love that it acknowledges that, like, intentionally giving yourself a paper cut is actually a difficult thing to do, because it is. Like, like all of you, go try to... No, don't. Don't do that. It right fucking now. hurts. I, we all know that it hurts, but it's, like, it's also hard to, like, do on purpose. Ow. Um, that made my hand kind of feel uncomfortable. And, uh, stop signs are roundish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bloodhound. Um... It's uh, it, it's just a smooth, stop. smooth. Did he say plug. stop signs are roundish? Yes. <laughs> God damn it. Short stop, short round. Oh, um. So yeah. So it it, it starts out um, kind of some of like the characters that, like and that's something this movie does a phenomenal job of that a lot of movies don't anymore is actually setting up and developing characters like a lot of movies nowadays are about mystery and I don't mean that genre wise they're a mystery it's just they sacrifice character development and even progression for just we'll put a couple mysteries at the beginning of the movie and the entire movie is us surprising you with what those mysteries are and that's it that's the entire movie or the entire season like that's what everything is built around Mm -hmm. is this mystery resolution and that's that's what it is now that's what movies are now and it sucks because oftentimes they can't live up to the own their own hype that they've set and also when you get to the end i think the main reason they don't live up is because you get to the end you realize there was no character progression there was no like no one developed no one did anything no lessons were learned i just i learned the ending and now i have zero reason to ever rewatch this movie Mm -hmm. and all of that just kind of collapses and it's like the you know the the magic disappears but I, for the first time in I don't know how long, I found myself not focused on figuring out the ending of the film and instead 
just being excited to see what these characters were going to do next. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it is a massive difference. And it is a massive difference in enjoyment. And it is a massive difference and a testament to how well, like, the setup. Like, the first probably 10, 15 minutes of this movie, nothing happens. But the characters are heavily established. You get the dynamic of Well, yeah, you, they feel like they've been living in this world for a long yeah, time. And like, even though they're not actively being like, this is the issue right away, mm-hmm. you can tell there's an underlying issue, and it's almost kind of exciting to find out what's going on. Yeah, like, And then through just like little bits of dialogue, you pick mm-hmm. up on it. Mm-hmm. Like, like how stressed out the the main character Evelyn is about her daughter's girlfriend coming to dinner, where that her father's gonna be at, or the new yeah, the, like the this new is, Chinese New Year exactly. party. Exactly, this is um, her daughter is the f- is is first generation American in that her like she was born in China. Her father is very old school Chinese. There's even like to help establish that. There's even a when it's showing her life sequence when she, it starts with her birth. Mm-hmm. And the, the only thing you hear the doctor say is, oh, I'm sorry, it's a girl. <laughs> and then he goes, meh. <laughs> um, which, in you know ancient Chinese culture, like there, there's a reason why for an entire like massive period of time, adopting a Chinese girl was insanely easy to do. Because it was basically, you either just kill them, or because like, I don't know if this is still the rule, but in China for the longest time, you could only have two kids. And because males are placed in such high establishment... If your kid was a, if your firstborn was a girl, about a ninety percent chance they're going to just kill it or put it up for adoption, because you need to have a boy in the family. Uh, we saw that way way back in Mulan, and that really hasn't changed since. And so, so like that helps to establish how you know, old school Chinese her father is, um, you know how much she was raised in that, so how much of that still influences her as a person, versus. You know how that's influenced her daughter, who is, you know, first generation American, um, you know, kind of being raised in a fairly modern. I would say it's modern day ish. There's nothing about it that seems like it's, you know, back in the nineties. Set 90s in or, some like, sort of time. Yeah, period. like there. There's nothing really. I don't even think you see a cell phone in this movie at all. So like, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing technological to really help you figure out what era they're in. Um, so I would say it's probably safe to assume modern day. So like having, you know, like raise her daughter up in, you know, essentially modern day America, but trying to, for the most part, instill like older Chinese values means going against a lot of things. So the Mm -hmm. fact that, so it, it causes her daughter to have a lot of like little rebellions. She's constantly, you know, being called out for putting on too much weight, being guilt tripped for not being at home being shit on for having a tattoo or Mm -hmm. or more Mm -hmm. and the icing on the cake is she's essentially wanting to bring her girlfriend home for Chinese New Year and you know the grandfather who's extremely old and sickly it's kind of like this is the thing that's going to give him the heart attack that's going to kill him so like yeah, maybe we don't do this is that how you want him to die? (laughs) right yeah like do you want him to die finding out that his granddaughter's a lesbian? yeah Um, (laughs) and so you know so all of these dynamics are put in place. So you get like the characterization of like what the grandfather is, what the the dad versus the mom, and you know the dad has divorce papers that he like wants to present her with, but even you can tell through a billion different actions like that he he wants to present them because he thinks it's important and necessary at this time, but like not because he wants to divorce her. Just he's at the end of his rope and he doesn't know 
what else to do because he's feeling tossed aside. And as we learn later in the movie, ironically, he's feeling tossed aside for a business that she didn't even want in the first place. And he was the one initially excited about, you know, dream come true. We're going to have a laundromat and it's going to be us making a bunch of money off this laundromat here in America. Oh, it's going to be great. And she's like, what the fuck? No. And now she's the one trying to save it to the point where she's pretty much just ignoring and neglecting her own family outside of the five seconds she might have time for them or if it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and also just, just this movie, like, visually. Like, the, a lot of that isn't just conveyed because they tell us, but they show us. Yes. And that's that's the first rule of film that's been lost is show, don't tell. And you... You get that. There's entire there's entire sequences with no dialogue. Like we were talking about her birth when she first uh, is is able to connect with like another of herself across the multiverse. She relives her own her life. Ho- own life, and she's like, "Whoa!" And then she lives this other person's life that because she decided to stay in China with her family and not go to America with her would be husband. Um, how much different her life was and how much surface level wise it was better. Mm-hmm. And like the first thing she says when she comes out of it, she's like, where's, where's Wayman? Like, I need to tell him how much better my life would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, and that did make me immediately think of like, again, kind of flashing back to like in that episode of Rick and Morty where they're looking through where for both Beth and Jerry, they're both their lives where they're not together seem better. You know, she's an actual surgeon, but she's alone. And kind of same for him. Like, he's a celebrity. He's, he's like, doing you know, cocaine he's with doing Johnny cocaine Depp. He's doing cocaine off of Kirsten Stewart's naked body with Johnny Depp. <laughs> but he hates all of that. And then after, like, a cocaine-fueled rampage, he runs to Beth's house. And they meet each other and finally reconnect after all this time. Wishing he hadn't made her get the abortion. <laughs> 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 and that they had stayed together. And so... But the thing I loved, and like looking back, it's not something you might like. You might not notice on a first watch through, unless you know you go see it now after listening to us talk about it. Please like, see this movie. Um, but like the when it shows her whole life, each key point that it shows in that life end up being kind of the key points where a deviation happens for the different versions that you see and that you meet, like almost all of them, and so like. It's like an, it's an initial like here's the key aspects of her life that you think oh this is just to show that but then later on through the film like each one of those mm-hmm. kind of ends up being a main split off point, um, but they also have fun with it like at one point she flashbacks so hard that the big change is actually ten thousand years before she was born and it's that there were two. <laughs> are you talking about the rocks <laughs> no 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 no. Oh. um it's the that there are two you have you know because the whole we all descended from apes but there's two types of apes there's ones with normal fingers oh, ones with hot dog <laughs> and fingers. one with hot dog fingers so like just presumably ten thousand years ago one of the two competing for dominant ape species one had normal fingers like we have now and one had fingers made out of hot dogs just that their fingers were made out of raw hot dogs. And I did really like when the hot dog ape killed the regular ape. You see his hands slow funny. motion like fall to, 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 <laughs> to like emphasize again, it's that visual. Like no yeah. one stops there and goes. Like any other movie would have just been like, oh, she went back in time because the change was like like what we just described. Like that's what any other movie would have done. But instead, it just shows a flashback of like 
what's obviously like people in monkey suits. Yeah. But it's oh, also it's hilarious. so obviously but it's hilarious, and it works for the movie. And like, and like he just said, like the one dude who wins is like shaking his hot dog hands in the air, <laughs> yeah. and it zooms in on the normal hand as it falls, covered in blood, and then someone's just like, "Oh, humans evolved from hot dog hand monsters." And like, and that's just it. like it's like one little line, just like in a way that fits. That's just to help. Yeah, there's this alternate world, and it comes into play later. Because like at first you think it's just there for a gag, but then it comes into play later when she's in a position where she, all she has is her feet. And in this world where everyone has hot dogs for fingers, the fingers are useless. Yeah. And so because of and that, they also squirt out ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Apparently they all like they all function like dicks, and if you suck on them, they like orgasm ketchup and mustard. <laughs> And so, because that's happening at one point. It happens and, at one point. <laughs> but because they don't have fucking functioning fingers, they all use, like, it, it's kind of like someone who's born without the use of fingers or, like, their hands get chopped off. Or, like, you know, you'll see, like, the video of, like, the, the lady who learned how to, like, paint with her feet or, like, crochet or whatever. But, like, this entire universe has learned to use their feet. And so because of that, like, it comes into play later. Like, she's trapped and her hands are tied down. So she ends up doing, like, kung fu with her feet because she's channeling the abilities from this this world. I also really like the scene. Jasmine, this is still about this movie. Dude, this this movie is so, so good. I also like, because in that universe, her love interest is Jamie Lee Curtis, the IRS auditor. Yes. And she, like, walks in on her playing the piano with her feet. She goes, no, 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 don't stop playing. And then it's seriously, like, a minute of her. You just see her feet on a piano playing uh-huh. chords. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful, dude. It is, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then there's the the one where she's, like, um, she's like one of those chefs at the those, those, those Asian restaurants <laughs> where they have the big grill in front of you and serve you. And there's a dude who's better than her. But because learned, she doesn't... So, really quick, before you go into this, the, the setup. So, at one point, she's... So, um... Just like it sounds insane, I guess you drop ass and watch it. Honestly, I would say watch it twice. Once sober and then yeah, drop I'm ass Yeah, I'm happy watch I watched it, it sober. Like, because the emotional response that you get from this movie, too, yeah. like... It's so... It seems so zany and wacky just to hear about it, but, like... It's, it's fucking powerful. It is, yeah. Like, there are... This is a movie that actually has, like, legitimate good life lessons. And we're going to get to those, like, when we get to the end of, of talking oh, about this movie. Seriously. Like, it is a heartfelt, like, family drama. And you don't realize that for the first two-thirds of the film. But the emotional payoff is insane. Like, we both got fucking teary-eyed watching this movie. Oh, I fucking full cried. And I was sitting alone in a movie theater full of people, and I full cried at the end of this movie. Yeah. And so, um, so at one point, because, like, essentially, like, the way this works is you... So you go and you take over the consciousness of your... So it's your consciousness that's kind of traveling between the multiverse. And so you take over, like, someone... Like, yourself's body. So there's no, like, duplicates or anything like that. You're just in the body of someone else when you go there and you can kind of pull their consciousness into you in a way that lets you use their abilities. And so at one point in the film, she's with her actual husband and daughter um, in her world and she's trying to explain what's happened because like they're all being like hunted by people in the IRS building and they have no idea why, but she does because the only times that they were involved in this is when they were taken over Mm -hmm. and she's trying to explain it to them. And so she's like, 
it's like it's like that animated movie Raccoonatui where and they're like what? Like raccoon the they're raccoon like, is like pulling on his pulling his hair and they're like you mean ratatouille? So then later when they get to the chef universe, <laughs> the, the, she's like uh, getting one upped by another one of the chefs, and uh, she walks into the kitchen and he has a fucking full raccoon that again so fake looking. <laughs> it's like, so it wasn't fucking like they fake. tried to like do rocket or CGI a real. It's a puppet. It is. It is it's absolutely puppet, a puppet. And it's beautiful. It's like teaching. It's like teaching. At, teaching the one guy how to cook, and it oh. talks and shit. <laughs> and uh, then there's there's a point in the movie. Uh, we'll get there later, but where it kind of falls apart, that that also comes into play again. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's fucking wild the shit that goes on in this movie. Yeah. So the way it, it starts out. So yeah. So they're going. You know, they've got the shenanigans. You can tell, like, you know, there's family issues, family drama. At one point, she... Um, oh, also, this movie has the uh, other Saperstein child. It's got the daughter from Parks and Rec. Oh, right. Sa- you know, because uh, Sonic last week had a, um, the Saperstein boy, and this has yeah, the Saperstein girl. Yeah, Jenny Slate. Fake-nose girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's just kind of like a... I don't know, like a bougie white girl with a dog in her purse. Yeah, just kind of like what you'd expect. Like, but she drives a PT someone, cruiser. Someone who definitely watches and models her life after the Kardashians. Yeah, or like Paris Hilton. Yeah. Um, and uh, but like, and so so it, it starts out so like she's trying to get everything under control. Her daughter shows up with her girlfriend, um, and at one point, like they're all arguing, and it kind of comes to her a head when the grandfather has woken up and comes downstairs. You know, you can tell he's got health issues, possibly mental health issues, massive language barrier because he speaks almost no English at all, mm-hmm. if any. Um, and uh, the mom introduces the girlfriend as a good friend because the daughter is stumbling to remember the uh, the word for girlfriend in Chinese. The daughter's Chinese is bad. In fact, at one point, the, the grandfather calls her out and it's just like, yeah, your, your Chinese gets worse every fucking time I see you. <laughs> um... <laughs> And she can't remember, so she's stumbling it. So the mom says, good friend, which the girl does, uh, the daughter Joy does understand. And is like, really? Well, fuck you. And like, leaves. Um, and so she storms out, and the mom's like, wait. And isn't sure just what to say with her. And so just kind of in, in just kind of traditional critiquing Chinese mom kind of way, it's just like, you should eat healthy, you're getting fat. And then that's the goodbye. And then that's it. And then she leaves. <laughs> and so so then her and the dad, they go to the IRS building. Um, the IRS lady's like, you can't... You can't write off a karaoke you, yeah, machine. Yeah, you can't write like, off hobbies as careers. Like, that's not... Just because you tried something for a week and bought, bought it with your money doesn't mean that's a career expense that you can make the IRS pay for. Otherwise, here, here's 19 forms. Fill it out for every business you've started. And good luck. Um, and we get kind of the first glimpse at the dad's talk ability. Cause every time the mom kind of zones out, the dad ends up talking to her. Um, and, uh, he's able to kind of get them an extension for like, till the end yeah, of the Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's important too, because the Evelyn in this just kind of thinks her husband is useless. Yes. That she has to do everything and that he just wants to have fun. He doesn't actually want to do anything. And so she carries that burden on her shoulders rather than like. 
trusting his uh, yeah communicating and trusting his ability and that's that's like the first that we'll get to of like all the different lessons in this movie is that ultimately for a relationship to work there needs to be trust but also more importantly there needs to be communication Mm -hmm. like the fundamental reason that their relationship is falling apart like you know the reason why he brings up the threat of divorce is just to talk in fact at one point later on we kind of get like an alternate universe where she doesn't have psycho stuff happen to her and so she gets the divorce papers a little bit earlier and in that one you know she she's pushing for why and he basically brings up like you know one of the people i know brought divorce papers up and because of that they're actually in a better place now like that that started a conversation and i like this was just my last resort of like unless it's a 911 emergency about the job we don't talk anymore we don't mm-hmm anything there is literally nothing between us at this point and all he wants is to reconnect with his wife like that's that's it that's like all he wants and like and so that's why it seems like he doesn't care about the business like he does it's just he cares more about saving his relationship than he does about saving the business because that's important to him i mean and as we find out later like they, they literally ran away from home in a way like they were both adults but this is china we're talking about and she was essentially disowned by her father for a very long time for the two of them to be together because that's, you know, that's how in love they were at one point. And, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the first lesson is just, you know, that communication trumps all, which is something I've honestly said forever. Like, it's something I, I fundamentally believe that any relationship can overcome yeah, an what's, issue. He says a line where she's talking about, like, all the receipts she has and stuff. And she's like, can't you see that I'm busy? Like, look at this mess. And he goes, it's not about what other people see. It's like, what do you see when you look at our life? Like, what do you see when you look at our, our home or our business or our relationship? Mm -hmm. And she just doesn't respond. And then she kind of looks around and like the camera pans around to show like that the home is a dump and you kind of get the vibe that like, that's what she sees is Mm -hmm. that despite everything we've done, we're poor and we live in a dump. Um, and so, so as they're on their way into the building, that's when we get the first um, interaction from another universe. So they go onto the elevator, and you kind of see the husband, like, do this, you know, and have, like, a, ooh, just making sure I'm on camera for that. For those of you who are listening to us on a different app, I kind of did a move where I, like, fell asleep for a second and not You know, like, late. when you fall asleep and you catch yourself? Yeah. And so that's kind of what he did. And then he reveals that he's from a different world and he writes some notes on the back of the divorce paper, kind of foreshadowing that she's going to see the front of that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically like, do this. When you get up there, follow it through. And then he he leaves the mind of, of the husband. And and they do a really good job of kind of showing the difference. Because like every time he comes in, he takes the husband's glasses off, mm-hmm. um, allowing him to... Uh, well, it's just like a it's just like a small subtle difference to of appearance, so you can yeah. like we as viewers can know yeah, which which of her husband she's talking yeah, to. Yeah, and, and when we see him in his actual universe, and it's called you know, referred to as the Alpha Verse because they're the first universe to discover multiversal travel. Um, he in that world he doesn't need to wear glasses, and so like that's essentially like for him the canon reason why is he doesn't need glasses. So when he takes over, he can see just fine, and so he takes them off because he doesn't need them on. But it kind of gives us a good differential of, like, who are we looking at. It helps kind of take away, and for me, it, it really helps take away, like, the fear that at some point we're going to get the, who's the real husband kind oh, of villainous, no. you know. 
you have to pick one to shoot bullshit. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. That's not going to be an issue in this movie. I don't movie. know which one to shoot. Right? Because that, like, that was my biggest fear. Um, five seconds, like, you know, for, for all of ten seconds. But, like, that was, like, one of my fears going into any movie, really, is that, like, all right, here are the tropes you're definitely going to do. And so this is one of those moments where, like, pleasantly surprised that they didn't go a certain way. Like, where I'm like, oh, they're going to do this, aren't they? No. And the second that that, that, that was happening, I'm like, oh, they're not going to do that because they, they're they going out of their way to establish visually early on when it's, from a, when it's the alpha husband versus her actual husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so she gets off. She's insanely confused. The husband makes the, the comment of, wow, that was the fastest elevator ride ever. Because yeah. he was unconscious, essentially. What a fast for half elevator, elevator that yeah. walks out. Because, <laughs> like, for him, it was, a, it was you know, instantaneous, basically. And so they walk off, and she's reading the notes that are basically like... Switch your shoes. Yeah, switch your shoes. Imagine that you're in the closet and press the button on the headset. Um, and so while she's sitting there, just kind of being told, here's where all of your fuck-ups are... And, you know, it does a good job of establishing that there is a little bit of a language barrier. And it kind of does that even in the beginning of the film where, as she's speaking, her sentences are, like, intermingling between Chinese and English. Yeah. Which they did really, really well. Um, And did a good job of, you know, kind of, like, subtitles when you need it and not when it was just in English. Um, Yeah, like when the rocks are talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's multiple Dwayne the Rock Johnsons in this movie, guys. Yeah, two Um, of them. And both eyes. of them fucking hate Vin Diesel. Yep. <laughs> and so she kind of zones out and looks at the back of these papers and reading these things and does it. Um, as kind of like, I'll try this, but I yeah, also don't really like. But also, which and that's another thing. Like they just the this movie was really well acted, but also like I want to kind of give credit where it's due. Like well directed because. They, there was such a good job of not wasting an hour on, oh, I don't believe you, mm-hmm. but still conveying that, like, she's not just blindly taking the faith on the idea that her husband doesn't suddenly have heavy onset schizophrenia. Like, there, there was a good balance of, I'll try this, but also I don't believe that any of this is real early at the beginning of the film. And, like... And that progression was built really, really well for each character as they're stumbling upon this concept of multiversal travel, of just that. What the? Like no, no one just bought it. Which is like, oh yeah, totally. I, I, yep. And let me just do it all perfectly. Like things had to be explained. Well, yeah. There's even it even shows her struggling when she first does that. When she goes in the closet, she's conflicted about like where she's at currently and where she's at mentally. And she's, like, getting pulled back and forth between both of those worlds. And I love, like, the kind of glass-shattering effect, like, when it happens, like, of, like, a, yeah, she's split. And that comes up more than once. Oh, yeah, like, well, then she's, she's like, oh, yeah, I got this. And then it splits and she fucking pukes. Yep. <laughs> Starts throwing up because of how horrible her psyche is all messed up. a good job of, like, integrating, like, where, like, like, what, you know, showing initially, like, the person or the reason that she's getting pulled back from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um... So, like, she'll be talking to uh, her husband in the closet, and then you'll see, like, the IRS person, like, kind of be there in the closet with them. And then that will pull her out into, like, the world she's in, realizing the IRS agent's talking, talking to her. Talking directly and, and to harassing her. Harassing yeah. 
Um, and so, so it basically kind of is just him setting up like, hey, you're, you're, you are Jet Li, you are the one. And like, well, yeah, he's like, I've seen a thousand Evelyns die. You are the, how he describes it is like, you are your worst self. Yeah, that gets, yeah, that gets, comes up later. But yeah, like where she, he's just like, the hero's call is that you're the worst version of you. And that's why you have to be the one. It's one of those, like, you have failed at, like, everything that you've ever tried to do in life. Or not, just not finished, even. Mm-hmm. Like, you've, you've, you are the center of your, your multiverse because you are the one creating all these branches by not doing things. Yeah. But also, and, like, but even though, like, that initially comes across as a giant fuck you, there's actually, like, an inspirational lesson to be pulled out of it, which is essentially because you've never succeeded at anything, you have the potential to succeed at everything. Mm-hmm. You know, something that a lot of people don't realize or forget is generally when you pursue like a talent or a skill, you know, there's a, there's a phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. Um, because generally if you pursue something to where you can become a master at it, that means that there's a lot of shit you'll never be good at. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Seriously. But if you haven't mastered anything... Really, all that means is you haven't committed to something yet, which means you're still just a ball. And that's the lesson out of this moment. It's just that if you haven't really accomplished anything in life, that doesn't mean that you're worthless. That just means you're still that nugget of potential. That's it. That's all that that means is you need to just pick something and pursue it and make that your thing. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. Like, And that's the point. Like this, This is a, you know, a mother who has a kid presumably in her, like, mid to late 20s and she is just now discovering her purpose and her potential mm-hmm. in in life uh through the multiversal travel and, and all that fun stuff and going on her hero's journey now like which again kind of just adds to the the greatness of all of this in that um it's not often we get a hero's journey for someone who's also going through a midlife crisis. Just someone that you would consider to be, like, a loser, right? Or, like, not well, a... Like, and not just that, but, like... Not not achieving their potential. Um, yeah, I, but, like, this is also, like, just the age equivalent of, like, if Star Wars A New Hope began with following Obi-Wan instead of Luke. Like, that's the age. And, like, normally that's, like, she would normally be the mentor. Like, just, like, the age of, the, essentially, the two main characters, which is her and her husband, like, that would normally be, like, the mentor position. Um, and uh, and 100% agree, Jasmine. Like, it's a great message that, like, life is a marathon and your highs will happen when you least expect it. Yeah, well, and this and this movie exactly, is, I mean, th- that's one of the messages yeah. of this movie. Well, like, this we're movie already, like, we're already shit. on two. I don't remember the first one off the top of my head, but, like, we're already at two lessons in, like, if everyone wants to go back and write them all down, go for it. Yeah, no, um, don't do that. We're not going to do that. We're but not going to do you that. Want to, you don't have to do that because we're not going to You've been told know. now. Write them all down going forward and go back and find the first one. Um, <laughs> and send that to our email at thesosopodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, but, like, this movie is chock full of, like, actual good lessons, which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's making up for a decade of lessonless movies or movies that basically teach you you're amazing because you exist. Like, that seems to be the lesson in a lot of movies nowadays. Especially, just being honest, like, especially, like, a lot of female-led movies now. It's just... There it is. There's the misogynist. Yep. 
There he is. Um, with the exception being Alita Battle Angel, which is why that's a fucking great movie. <laughs> um, but like, but like, that's that's often the lesson. Like that's that's why there's been an uptick in Mary Sue's lately is because the life lesson is you exist, therefore you're amazing, and it's like that's a horrible lesson. That is a horrible thing because if you nah, take people that, can suck. Yeah, like if you try to take that, like. It's like modern movies have started basically teaching people the lesson of participation trophies. You you existed, therefore you have value, therefore the world will give you everything that you want, and that's not true. That's it's a not terrible a, it's, lesson. It's not horrible to be bad too. Like I suck. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah, like we're human beings. Sucking is part of human the that's human experience. Kinda, that's like, just kind of part of it. You just as this, you know, you got to find your niche and. Make that the like. It Sometimes the you gotta start version. a podcast about it. Yeah, you know? right. Start a podcast and rip on people who write movies. But like, uh, <laughs> rip on people that have mastered the trade that you are. <laughs> mm. I wouldn't say mastered. I would just say get paid for. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, anyway. But, but yeah, like, and so this, like, I I think out of all like, and the the nice thing is a lot of these lessons, especially feel very relevant to like how the world is now mm-hmm. um especially like this next part so when he's so when like the main like when the alpha version of her husband is kind of explaining this villain entity like you know why they need her um he talks about how just the world seems shittier you know how he's like he asks like do you ever find yourself just kind of wishing it was things were how they used to be just a little bit better you know things taste a little bit better the sun was a little bit shinier. Music sounded more interesting. And, like, and it's why I would kind of, and, holy shit, this plays into something you and I were talking about earlier. But, like, the main villain's essential entire mindset is nothing matters. Therefore, do whatever the fuck you want and therefore fuck the world. And that's kind of, like, a lot of people's mindset right now. Uh, nihilism? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 100%. And, like, but that's... That's, like, the whole fucking viewpoint of, like, this modern world, especially with, like, the my truth over the truth type mentality. And it's, it's, uh, I just, sorry, I'm still just kind of, oh, that's kind of funny. We were just talking about that as an unrelated topic, like, fucking half an hour before starting this shit. But that's exactly what plays into, like, the whole villain's kind of mindset and mentality and, and view and what she's done and why she's doing what yeah. she's doing. Um, and the the villain in this, too, is also just somebody who has had the ability to see every version. She constantly is living every version of herself in every universe. You might say she can see everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> what? And because of, like, her ability to do that, she's taken, like, the, the nihilistic approaches that, like, Oh, so that means that like nothing I do genuinely matters. Mm-hmm. Like so, fuck it. Yeah, like her view is because I can see all the possible outcomes. It doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Whereas, which is literally the cat, like, and that's kind of the catalyst between the main villain and the main character. Whereas, like, as you know, as the husband points out to the to Evelyn, you know, you have all of these possibilities. That's why you're nothing but potential, and that's why. Like, you're the best in that you can do anything, and anything is open to you. Therefore, kind of make that choice. Be what you want to be. And the villain looks at everything and goes, if I can well, do everything, then I can here, do yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's syndrome syndrome. 
Syndrome! Because if everyone's special, or no. if everyone's super, no, no one, one is. is. Right? And like, and so that's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, two people looking at the world just through different lenses and through that, that different viewpoint. And there's a few lessons that will come to this later on. So, so it, it, we get an initial kind of glimpse into how the fighting works um, with no explanation. And I love that there was no explanation going into this because basically what happens is, uh, so he, he kind of gives her this warning of like, you're going to need to fight. You'll know when. And there's misunderstandings in communication mm -hmm. that essentially lead to her just punching Jamie Lee Curtis right in the face. Yeah. Because she thinks that Jamie Lee Curtis is this monster that's about to attack her. And she just punches her. But it's just the IRS agent. Yeah. And she starts like yelling at her husband, who is her normal husband. So he has no idea. He's just confused. He's like, what the fuck is going on? So like, all the security guards come in to arrest her. And right as they're about to walk in, the alpha husband takes over. The husband is like, no, no, no. Why the fuck? Did, like, no. They, why did you attack her? And she's like, okay, you're back. I didn't know what's going I, I, She still has no idea what's going on. So he's like, all right, well... Ed, oh, sorry, like a little hiccupy stuff. Jesus Christ. Right? Are you dying over um, there? So we're saying that this is next, but it's good. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Um, and so he just, like, with no explanation, he just opens his fanny pack, pulls out a wad of chapstick, pumps out most of it, and just eats it. <laughs> And then he rips off the fanny pack. And well, well, first, so the way you know your jumping point worked is the Bluetooth headsets will light up green. Yes. Um, and so he eats it, and as he's chewing it, you see the Bluetooth headsets go green. And he's... Well, they don't super focus on it for this one. Which no, I, they again, don't. Again, I like. like it's, it's great visual storytelling where like the point in this moment is that we, the audience, are going... We're like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is going on? And they did that really well. Like, they, you know, they like that's... It was just, it was, yeah, it was just, it was really well put together. Yeah, then really he well beats the shit out of a bunch of security yeah, guys. Yeah, so he family. does like, um, it's, oh, fucking callback to Shang Chi. So the way how like in Shang Chi, the uh, his sister fights oh, with like I the mean, dart, like the knife on the end of the rope. Yeah, I never thought we'd have a Shang Chi callback <laughs> right? on this show. But it's but it's that fighting style. So he's using his fanny pack. He extends the strap on his fanny pack, so it's really long. So he's got like the weighted object at the end, and he's so it's it's that martial arts style, um, and he's just beating the shit out of these guards with a fanny pack. But it's also just a fanny pack, so it's not doing quite enough damage. So he gets himself in a position to where he can reach into a fish tank, fills his fanny pack with rocks from the fish tank, and then beats the ever-loving yeah, shit fucks out of the security guards. Up, dude. Um, and then they escape into somewhere. Well, they just kind of run into some offices, right? Mm -hmm. And he kind of starts to explain more of like what's actually going on and yep. how it works. Because she's like... He's like, oh, my God, because they hide behind, like, a conference desk. And he's like, cream cheese, holy shit. Yeah, All the then, cows on my world are dead. And he starts yeah, fucking and eating cream and cheese and drinking like, half and half. And this is this is the stuff that gets, like, it gets missed because in other movies. Because, like, in other movies, it would just be a joke for the sake of a joke. But this is actual a joke for the sake of world building. Like, it, there's, there's purpose to it. So, like, it starts as, like, oh, cream cheese. Like, what the fuck? And I feel like... If it was a Marvel movie, he would have just eaten a fuck ton of dairy and been like, oh, I just, I, I like dairy. And then, like, that would have been it. But because this is a great movie, he explains 
like immediately. She's like, what? Why? Explain what's going on. Stop talking about cream cheese. He's like, no, I'm sorry. It's just on our cow, on our world, on our cow, on our, our world <laughs> for like it's been ever since you know he was presumably like five years old because he's obviously tried it at some point, but forever cows have been extinct for a good decade or two, and so he hasn't been able to have dairy in at least ten years just because cows are dead. And so he's just stoked. And so he eats a bagel and grabs a jug of half and half and starts chugging it just because it's dairy stuff. And then, and yeah, then he's like, all right, let's go. And she's like, no, what the fuck? I was going to explain this shit to me. So then he starts to explain, like, who the bad guy is. And I can't remember what they call her or what her name is. At one point, she calls her, like, Jubu something Chewbacca. And I was like, I'm going to use that one forever and call her the just the Tubbo Chewbacca or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, and he's like, she's just going around and she's killing Evelyn's and destroying universes. That's what she's doing. Yeah, and I don't feel bad about getting your name wrong because, one, it's a repeating point in the movie. In fact, the first time that the dude says her name, like says the villain's name, Evelyn's like, you're just making up sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, this is not an established, like, this isn't Chinese, this isn't Mandarin, this isn't any, like... This is just noises that you put together to make noise. But then at that point, they're they're going through, like, staircases trying to avoid, like, security and police who are now Which, storming the building. And I love that he, like, pretends to be a normal person. Like, when they first walk out of the office, he's like, oh, oh, what's going on? Yeah. We're so frightened. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're and so they, scared. Like, sneak and out by just out. him pretending to be terrified <laughs> <laughs> to get past a uh, couple and security then, And then this time, Jamie Lee Curtis is her other self, her, mm-hmm. her evil self. And you can tell because there's a black circle that she draws on a piece of paper and, and fucking staples, staples it to her, it to her forehead. Um, and then starts throwing did, down. Yeah, because right before this, we did get kind of a glimpse into uh, the other universe. The, into another universe that's kind of just. Um, yeah, so because. So before this happened, the, the version of her husband that like she was talking to in the closet, she was in a different universe's closet, and that was the husband from yet another universe. So they were kind of both taking over, in, and he was referring to it as like a pocket universe, as just like a. This way, neither of us is where we're supposed to be, so if the bad guys show up, we're safe. Kind of a thing. It was just a way of hiding in another universe, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And while in there, that version of her husband gets murdered by Jamie Lee Curtis, who has, like, the the circle just drawn on her head. And And then, so as he's describing the villain, it's showing in that world specifically, because her, Evelyn, got killed in that world as well. And it shows um, the villain walking up, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, sorry, side note from Miles, Jamie Lee Curtis pulling out her inner mock Foley stapling shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was addressed to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, A little fucking WWE references. Right. Um, and so, but yeah, so, and so it shows that and then it kind of shows the villain without showing her face walking up. I'm not going to lie. The second I saw her heels, I knew who it was. Yeah, it's her daughter. Yeah, like, just the way she was walking, I was just immediately like, oh, I know who this is. Which, again, was fine, because that's not the point of the movie. Yeah, like, well, again, this this ties together really well by the end of the movie, uh-huh. that she's the hero, her daughter's the villain. Yes. Um, but really, they're both neither, Yes. to be and frank. they're both, both. Yeah, they're both, well. they're both anything they're, and everything all at all once. At once. <laughs> um... <laughs> And, but like, 
But like that, like the the point of this movie isn't to like be surprised three fourths of the way in that oh my god the daughter's a villain like because it's revealed pretty shortly after pretty quickly. Um, and so it, and we're gonna get to like that as a topic later on. But yeah, and so so yeah, so that's who that is. And so because of that, that's when so when we see that's that's how, why it's obvious to the audience like when Jamie Curtis staples a circle to her head that it's the villain oh, one it's kind the of taking over because we've seen her commit murder already mm-hmm. in that other universe um so yeah so there's the running from jamie lee curtis yeah and then eventually fighting jamie lee curtis in that stairwell because she had to she's like what what do i have to do she's like you need to like find somebody in your wherever that knows martial arts or can fight yep. and her jump point is that she has to say i love you meaningfully to jamie lee curtis yeah because the only other two options oh, what were the other two options that they tell her that are basically impossible to do right now they were both gold like i don't it was remember. hilarious i don't i will watch this movie again right like don't worry about it well, that, it's thing. too just like random like you can't do this at all right now type of a thing but they're, they're random, dumb, but funny. It's just like, these are other ones, but like, you can't do that right now. So, like, it would be like, you know, inhaling a ton of water or something else. You know, just, just random. Just like, let's pull, let's throw a dartboard of ideas in the wall and we'll just label those yeah. as the two unrealistic <laughs> things that can't work. But again, in a humorous way that felt, that was delivered in a way this that still felt good. This movie honestly does really good comedy. It does. Like, it, <laughs> it does, does really, because like, nothing, it doesn't really nothing felt overly drawn out. Nothing felt out of place. Like, well, because everything feels out of place. Nothing felt out of place because everything is so fucking weird. Like, after the Jamie Lee Curtis fight, they go to leave and then get stopped by police officers. And then the elevator starts to come up. And they're like, well, he's like, the one cop's like, hey, we don't need backup. We got him. We're good. And then his radio's not working. And he's like, what the fuck? And it opens and he pulls his gun and she walks out. And Evelyn, who's handcuffed, is like, Joy? What the fuck are you doing here? And then the craziest, weirdest fucking fight things happen. (laughs) Like, she's like, it's just like, so, like, zany is like the best way that I could describe that. It's like if you watch the Daredevil hallway fight scene while on acid. Kinda, yeah. Because she like, he like flips her around to handcuff her and she pulls her hands out. And he flips around again, and then she like pulls her hair apart in the back, and her face is there. Yeah, and like, she's her just face like is turned around. She goes and like punches the dude, and he coughs up confetti instead of blood, and then he blows, and then his head pops off into a bunch of confetti, and he his whole body explodes in a confetti. Like it's straight up like if you have the uh, confetti birthday headshot thing on. Halo yeah, yeah, and then on. she, uh, one of the other cops, she starts dancing with, and it be, she, they all get dressed up like they're doing the salsa, and then the one cop shoots at her and ends up hitting that guy like uh-huh. three times. And then after that whole fight's done, she's, like, explaining to Evelyn, like, what's oh, happening. And then the, the, but the final dude, she, like, jumps up in the air, speaking of WWE shit, and, like, immediately flips him 180 and, like, puts, oh, yeah. like, a, like, a full-on, like, Mexican wrestling mask appears on his face. Yeah, Luchador. And she just, like, smashes his smashes fucking his head. Face. You hear his fucking his head splits. Shatter. His head splits like a fucking water bell uh-huh. all over the ground. Um, and then uh, she's like describing, she's try, like, trying to talk to Evelyn about like what she sees and what's actually going on. And Evelyn's like, you dance that man to death. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, and the reason that joke works is cause like, it's a hilarious line, but it's not delivered as a hilarious line. No, like, she's, like, she's, she's like, she's 
scared as fuck. Yeah, she's fuck. terrified because she just watched her daughter murder these dudes. And it's like, and it's literally, like, you dance that man to death. And, like, you're sitting there going, that was a hilarious line. But, like, any other movie would have been, like, like paused for ha-ha effect almost. Mm-hmm. But this is just, like, it felt like natural dialogue. Yeah, the, the way she's like, let me show you what the universe really is. Put your hands together like this and spread your fingers. <laughs> and she does the vagina thing we yeah, all like fucking the, the did, we in, all did in school. When we were kids. And that opens like a window to this like white area. Yeah, all white one. Bagel. It's he's like this if there isn't like, everything bagel. There was like one or two things in this movie that I'm like, all right. Please, oh come please on, that was awesome. Stop. I love the bagel thing. Okay, uh, as like an initial hilarious. explanation, yes. But then hearing it referred to as the bagel for the entire and then rest that's, of that's the, the movie. dark circle they all draw on themselves is well, yeah, the bagel. All of that I get, but like I almost wish they kept calling it a black hole because just having it called the bagel, I'm like, all right. Oh come on! I thought like, that was fucking funny. It was. I it, love the bagel thing. One hundred percent a nitpick, and like one hundred percent. It's a nitpick for me. Fuck you. <laughs> It's, um, it's a neat pick that turned into a nitpick. Well, then you can see. So as she's like looking at the bagel, her yeah, eyes, her eyes start to turn black. Well, she, she emphasizes multiple. She's like, "It's an everything bagel because I put everything on it, and it collapsed into a black hole that's going to suck <laughs> all of existence into itself." Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and then as Evelyn is like being pulled into that bagel, her dad rolls in on like a futuristic electric wheelchair and I... smashes her into smashes her daughter into a wall. And then in like perfect English, he's like, "We got to get out of here." And she's like, "What the fuck? What did you? When did you learn English? When did you learn English?" Um, and then that's when Alpha Wayman, her husband, gets up again, and they all go running, and. Joy wakes up again. Her daughter is her normal self isn't because the bad guy, the Chewbacca, has gone to find Alpha Wayman. Yes. And so then they all they're all four in an office together. And she's this is where she's trying to describe um what's happening to them. And yeah. that's where she gets the raccoonatui thing. Yeah, because that this is yeah, this is where she's explaining that like they've been taken over like puppets the way the ra- the raccoon took over the chef's hair um, because they're all referred back to themselves because yeah so she went to the alpha world so that meant the alpha husband had to go to the alpha world as well so they could like fight that off yeah but the alpha de- grandfather is still there yeah so she like goes over to talk to him and alpha grandfather is like hey hands her a knife and he goes yeah, after, you need after, to like, kill her to save this universe. her daughter to a chair that is her only channel to this universe kill her and this universe will be saved so she goes over with the knife, and I honestly was like, dude, is she going to fucking stab her right here? Oh, 100%. I was, I was like, like, is she going to fucking kill her daughter in this? There's a solid 70% chance she murders her because daughter Because it's right drawn here out. Now. It's like, this movie moves really fast, but not like... Um, the pacing is perfect. So yeah, like, it moves fast when it needs to move fast. But it also takes its time when it needs to take its time. Like, and this is one of those moments where she's just like slowly walking over to her, and like she like pushes the blade out, and you're like, oh my god! Like, and she's not saying anything. They're asking her like, why, mom? Why are you walking to me like that with a knife? And you're like, what? What's going on? What, what's happening? And then she, boom, cuts the cuts the tape off, and is basically like, we're gonna find a different way. Like, I'm not gonna just, yeah, I'm not gonna hop through the multiverse killing my daughter a thousand times. There's got to be a different way to stop this monstrosity. And then Alpha Grandpa 
is like pulls well, a gun and yeah. he's like, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And Joy is like, when did you learn English? <laughs> <She's> <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, I, then I'm going to have to kill her. And also kind of implies that like he's killed a couple Evelyn's. Mm-hmm. Because like they kind of make it seem like this isn't the first time an Evelyn has decided no, I'm not going to help you kill my daughter. Um, you know, I, and we know that this isn't the first Evelyn that like they've tried to. No, they say specifically they've but, done, yeah, they've like, seen hundreds, if not thousands, of Evelyns. Yeah, that have that they that they hoped were the useless but useful one, and they weren't, and so. Yeah, I, I kind of got the implication from that that, like, this dude has definitely murdered his daughter more than once. And yeah, and then she... He's kind of the Rick Sanchez of this universe. Like, I, if I have to kill a, you, Beth, I, you're dead. She uses a jump point to know that the person at the IRS who's in this office is really into BDSM. Like, he has a secret closet behind his desk where he just gets sexually tortured. He just gets the shit beat out of him. <laughs> And so she, like, uh, you know, does some moves, gets the door open, and gets the three of them in there. And then Alpha Grandpa calls in a bunch of people. He's like, anybody who has a jump point here, take it. Yep. And then, like, I don't know, like 15 people come into the room, Uh all from all over the place. You can actually see them all changing outside of the IRS building and and walking in. how that was done. Like, and nothing about who they grabbed felt convenient. Like, again, like, this movie balanced things really well. Like, they didn't just pull in, like, 200 people from, it wasn't like he had an army. But at the same time, he had just enough, but it was also a good balance of, like, security and civilians. Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. one of the security guards or one of the cops, not all of them. And just enough to allow, like, so it didn't, it didn't feel like a major coincidence that, like, civilians were able to get in. Um, you know, they, they didn't just go, cool, it's only security people. We have, you know, like, his, his arsenal of people back home happened to be all of the IRS security yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was, it was a good balance, and it, it didn't feel overwhelming. So, again, like, they also didn't feel like insurmountable odds for this main group. Like, um, No, and this is probably one of my favorite fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the biggest fight scene other than, like, the very end when yeah. the donut shows up. I would agree with that. The bagel shows up. Um, but yeah, she uh, she like goes straight into like fucking uh, what she does. She channels. Well, first, so they they gas the room, and so the first thing she channels this one I thought was clever as fuck. The first thing she channels is a version of her that grew up to become a famous singer. Mm-hmm. So she has increased lung capacity, allowing her to hold her breath long enough to get out of the room, and not like risk the gas hurting her in any way. So she could basically kind of hold her breath, get out, fight them and like, enough to get two gas masks dude, to toss and, those gas and masks And visually, back in. too, because then she, like, channels, she steals someone's riot shield and channels a version of herself that flips signs yep. professionally. And it's jumping back and forth between all these different universes that she's channeling these skills from. And they're doing a good job of making so sure she does, cool. like, weird things leading up to each one of these mm-hmm. so that it's not, like... At no point does it feel like to be, and they, and they talk about before and establish that like, you know, connecting to multiple versions is a possibility. That's kind of what created her daughter as mm-hmm. a monster, and you know, and she's kind of locked in her own belief of like, cool, I just need to do that without going crazy. Then and that will help. And me then save. I can stop. I can be strong enough to save my daughter. So like, I'm gonna start doing this shit. So it does a great job of setting all of this. Like at no point does it feel like overpowered or just lucky or unbelievable and honestly like literally like it could have been (coughs) so easy 
for them to do, like, to just go straight to Kung Fu version, and that's how she went. That's but all instead, she's going to use. It was an amalgamation of, like, what specific skill do I need in this moment? Cool, I need to increase lung capacity, so let's, what's something? And they could have even still gone obvious, right? They could have gone with, like, Scuba Diver or something. Like, like a that. swimmer But or instead, something. they went with, like, Singer, like, a musician who does something that involves lungs, where you, like, the average person is not going to think of that, you know? How about combat? Well, one of the cops has a riot shield. So, what's similar to a riot shield? Fucking, you know, cardboard giant. And it seems like that the reason that these ones were selected in particular is based off of the jump point she has around her, too. Mm-hmm. Or things that she can do to channel these people. It's not like she's like, oh, man, I got a riot shield. I wonder if I was a sign flipper. She, like, is able to channel that yeah, specifically it's, it's, because yeah, exactly. of the jump yeah, point it's, that it's, she it's, has. I need the skills to be good with this riot shield as a combat device so it's essentially like it's that it's just like like for example with the singer it's i need to be able to hold my breath for longer so it finds the closest universe you can connect to which happens to be a singer and so that's why that's what comes in so mm-hmm. it's, it's literally yeah it's finding and that's why it's, it's something that you might not initially think of because the closer one it'll give you the skill you need but just in a way that's unexpected and so like she gets combat from like being a chef like yeah being a teppanyaki chef and being a mm-hmm. uh, a sign flipper and stuff like that. Like it's skills that will translate over in a, in a very clever way. And I genuinely liked like that would have been such a fun writing room to just sit in there. All right, cool. These are the skills we need to get through this fight scene. Let's come up with a list of different, different God. jobs that would translate this to would that. Be so much and then, fun to write this. Movie, right. Dude. Holy like, shit. This would have been a good time. Oh my God. Ugh. And so, yeah. So like, so because it's, I, I would say it's implied that like, yeah, the gas is more than just knockout gas or maybe it's just knockout gas, but like, they know, which again, the logic there, which makes sense. Like, they gas them in the room, but they understand that, like, the gas, it's a gas. It's not going to be confined just to the closet once the door's open. So everyone outside the door still has gas masks on. So she uses her held breath to get two gas. Like, her priority one is grabs two gas masks off of people slides she's beating up, in, yeah. slides them back in, and then beats up the rest of the fucking people. And this fight goes on for a minute. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, she, she initially clears out the room and then there's a couple of guys that she ends up fighting in the office space too. Mm-hmm. And that's where she like fights one of them and like kicks him in the Bluetooth thing that separates him from his jump point. And so he's like, I need another jump point. And he looks up and sees the fucking Well, so trophy. what it is, it's not that she kicks him. It's because, well, cause he, he's got two metal poles. And she's able to get her hands on one, and they both swing at the same time. Oh, they time, both, yeah, they both hit they each other. And they hit each other right in the jump point thing, and that's what shuts both of those off. So, yeah, he's calling for a new jump point. She's able to do it on her own, just because of kind of like that's part of what makes her that special Evelyn. Um, and that's when he looks over, and, and this is something that was set up early on, and I also laughed out loud. So, when they go into the IRS, it's, it's a joke that you think is just going to be a ha ha in the moment joke. That ends up coming back to literally bite someone in the ass later on. Um, because when they first go into the IRS building and they sit down and Jamie Lee Curtis is bragging about how she's one yeah, of the best IRS agents. Yeah, she's like, you see agent. these? You like see the my three, trophies? Three trophies? And it's three trophies and each trophy is just a giant butt plug. That's it just like, like Auditor of the Year. Yeah, it's like something. Auditor of the Year, three years running, and it's literally just butt plugs. Uh, and I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, fun, raunchy humor. They'll probably never come back. But that was also clever and hilarious. Oh, but it comes back. Oh, it comes back. Because then, 
and it, and it, again, it's it's built into the fight in such a great way because like he looks over and sees that, and you just see him start like he whips his belt off like without question. And yeah, just... he just starts taking his pants off, and she's like, "No!" And she grabs it. <laughs> they're fighting over it. So, yeah, they're literally fighting over it. At one point, it gets knocked out, and then unexpectedly, this giant bald Asian security guard comes leaping over the cubicles, grabs his legs like, and he's just. I didn't expect this. Pixelated. Yeah. Like, in, in classic, like, Asian movie, we have to censor everything sexual. <laughs> so, like, you don't see his dick. It's just his junk is pixelated out. But he just comes jumping Slow over. Slow motion <laughs> jumping. <laughs> uh, like, holding his legs up and just presumably dry as fuck. on it. Just fucking, like, cannonballs onto this fucking, like... We're talking, for Giant. those who can see me, this Giant. big around, just butt plug. And just <sighs> lands on it. And then Beautiful. the second he lands on it, his lights go green. <laughs> Fucking cinema, man. Isn't cinema fantastic, oh, man? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> you know, I gotta agree with Scorsese. Uh, Marvel's not cinema. This, this, this is, is cinema. cinema. <laughs> this is cinema. Uh, but yeah, then that fight continues and... Uh, she fights that guy one-on-one, and then out of nowhere, the original guy comes back, and he has another trophy sticking out of his ass. And his is a full-on dildo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just... Oh, yeah, like that's what she does. dangly That's dildo. what she does against the... Joy does that against the security guards, too. She takes two of the... She turns two things into dildos and beats a guy to death with dildos, too. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, earlier <laughs> on. But yeah, yeah, so this one, it's a, tr- it's a dildo trophy. And so then they're fighting, and like... She's able to basically like undo what gave them the green connection. Yeah, she's By, able at one to... point they both come to kick her and she kinda like does like a spin dodge and grabs the trophies and rips them out of each of their asses. And that undoes their connection. Oh fuck, it's so funny. <laughs> and then that's when the bad guy Joy shows back up again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh wow, so you've done it, huh? You've channeled multiple of ones, huh? Good for you. And she's like, Yeah. I could do this all day. Blah, starts puking <laughs> and then like dies, presumably. Yeah, presumably dies. Um, and what's amazing is like for the main joy, this entire movie pretty much is just in the laundromat and the IRS building, and it's I literally kind of just now remember that like ninety nine percent of this movie, technically is in an IRS building. Yeah. Because of how much, like, because 99% of this movie is not in that IRS building. Like, and I know that's massively contradictive, but that's... Well, the different universes that you're Yeah, because of in. how much, like, you're jumping around in different universes. Because um, when she, after she, like... And it gets fucking destroyed. After she, like, dies, right, then she starts to, like, approach the path that Joy has taken, where it really does truly mean nothing. Like, everything means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that in her other universes. Like, her, t- her fucking uh, chef universe, she goes and she pulls the fucking hat off the dude at the table to show the raccoon on top of his head. And then animal control comes and takes that raccoon away. Or um, in her universe where she was famous and she didn't, she wasn't with Wayman, she tries to come on to him. And shit, and he's like, "What? What? Do you, I mean, like this? I mean, I would love this, but is this but like, right?" You mean it, and she's like, "Oh no, I don't mean it. I just wanted to do it." Yeah, and um, it's like and she's like just like another, ruining one. Yeah, and like another one that's um, almost exactly like her main world, but just slightly better. Like they're just slightly better off. Um, she essentially just attacks the IRS lady and tells her daughter to go fuck off. Yeah, 
And so, like, she's just, yeah. it's just compounded into this, like, she embraces the nihilism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it cuts to a universe that's, like, before human evolution or anything like that, yeah, and they're just rocks. In this, this universe, life never existed to evolve, so it's just a barren wasteland. And then it kind of, you realize that the two little rocks that you're seeing, it's... And where where most of their relationship development actually like progresses, yeah, they is, they just, just start talking to each talking other, talking to each other with no odd like the rock, so there's no sound. It's just uh, like her like Evelyn's dialogue is black letters and Joy's is white letters, mm-hmm. and they're just talking, and you just have to like yeah, and then she there and hopefully you read fast enough that it's the non issue for you. It's it's not it's, super yeah, quick. Not super you can quick, you can get through like, pretty quick. If you're a very slow reader, you might miss a little bit of it. Um, and then it, it's back to them in the white room, except this time she's, everybody's like wearing these like face masks, mm-hmm. and she's like she's like dressed up like uh like she's like on trial in like the 1820s or something, um, and they're about to both approach the bagel and enter the bagel together because life truly means. This is nothing. the part where I'm like, all right, now it's Iroli. This is it. Okay. Like. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then as she's going to the bagel, she starts to hear other universes. She hears, like, her husband crying over her being dead and, like, just possibilities and, like, what life could truly mean. She, like, starts to revisit memories of, like, her happiness with her life with her husband. Like, he puts googly eyes on everything and it mm-hmm. fucking drives her nuts. But he looks like a little kid doing it. He's, like, hiding it from her yeah. and shit. He's, like, trying to just, like, make everybody laugh. Um and that's what she realizes. And it, it kind of gets triggered by, like, while she's off kind of having her meltdown, the husband was talking to the IRS lady and was, like, and was able to get a full week extension out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's like, what did you do? Yeah. And he's like, I just talked to her. Yeah, and then he asked her, he's like, what, what, did, he, what did he say to you? He's like, you just told him what you're going through. And you know what? I get it. He's like she's like when my husband served me papers, I drove my car through the neighbor's living room. <laughs> yeah, so like she's like yeah, so I get it, and like and that's when he she kind of realized and like and the, it kind of plays back too of like for me we got an extra day here it was an extra week like and that's what kind of triggers her seeing her husband in a whole new light. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then yeah, and then that, that's where you start to see like all of these key moments across all these alternate universes. Yeah. She um, like for example, she like helps the dude get his raccoon back. Yep. Um she like genuinely has like a conversation with Wayman in the universe where she's like a famous movie star. Yeah. Um when she the singer universe and, and she like one, stopped he, and, and then left. that one he, he straight up was like in another world I would have loved to just not be a wealthy I celebrity yeah. and have a like, lawn, poor, be poor in a laundry. Yeah, he's like, you. I would have loved to run a failing laundry mat and pay taxes with you. Um, and she's like, "Fuck!" And then she goes, she comes back, is like revived in the IRS, like the what we would call like the main universe. Yeah, like not the, the yeah, like not the alpha verse, but like the main one that we're that we were experiencing on. and Maybe the uh, canon universe. Yeah, the yeah, there you go, canon universe, and and she gets back up, and then Joy brings in the bagel into the room, and a bunch of her goons show up. All the alpha universe people are there still. Um, the ones that aren't dead uh, are there still. And um, she's like, you don't, you can't stop me. She's like, fuck you. I'm going into this black hole. And she starts walking up the stairs while her goons are like protecting her. 
And Evelyn chases after her to stop her. And instead of like fighting because Wayman's like, please don't hurt anybody else anymore. We don't need to hurt people. She starts to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the one guy from her laundromat, uh, there was a guy at the beginning of the movie who's like, my wife before she passed used to always wear that perfume, blah, blah, blah. So she like turns a grenade into like that perfume bottle. Yeah, and, and sprays, sprays it, it on him. And he's like, and he's like, like ah. And the BDSM guy she starts smack smacking his ass he's about to attack her with scissors and she turns the scissors into a ball gag (laughs) gags him and smacks his ass (laughs) um and walks by she jumps on the shoulders of the raccoon dude and like uses him using him to fight the other people (laughs) to get out of the and like to continue to like, like fight them by giving them what they want um, to get them all out of the way. And then it cuts back to the rock universe, and she's like, she chur- her rock turns towards Joy's rock and has googly eyes on, <laughs> and is trying to get close. And she's like, dude, you can't move here. You're not supposed to move yeah. here. And she's like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm a rock. I'm a rock with googly eyes. <laughs> um, and she's just trying to, like, genuinely connect with her daughter. Yeah. Um, By literally, physically connecting with her daughter and grabbing yeah. her to pull her away from the bagel. And it's fucking beautiful, dude. It is. And then it cuts to the other very similar laundromat universe on Chinese New Year where she's like, this is my daughter. This is her girlfriend. Yep. And then her daughter's like, man, fuck you, and leaves. And she's like, what the hell? Like, I'm standing by you. Like, I'm I'm accepting you and loving you. What the fuck? Yeah, and so then, she- yeah, the fucking end of this movie is her being like, you are fat. I hate tattoos. You're a lesbian, which I don't fucking get. Um, I hate being around you a lot of the time, but I fucking love you. Yeah, like is essentially what it, in, in a lot more words and a lot more caring of a lot better way. But yeah. like this is, brings us to like life lesson number three, which is that love is not supposed to be unconditional mm-hmm. at all. Like if that were the case, literally no two people could ever be together, and yeah, relationships why, wouldn't function. At why all. do they say that your friends are the family that you pick? You know what I mean, like, <laughs> right? Like, and so, like, all, I w- I would ar- honestly say that like, even the two most in love people love each other in spite of something, like, whether that's something small, like, fucking you know a fingernail like it's left on the counter because uh, you missed it, or whether that's something big like you try to destroy the universe in a bagel. Um, it's in like, every, it's in everything, baby. but like that's like the life lesson that's being taught there, um, is that like acceptance and love does not mean that you like every single aspect about a human being, about a person, even if that person is your own fucking like flesh and blood. Yeah. Like in reality, what love means is that, yeah, at the end of the day, you love and you care about that person and you want to be them there for them no matter fucking what. Despite the fact that, you know... You guys have glaring differences. Yeah, you might have glaring differences. You know, you might have the most rebellious kid out there. Or, you know, you might have just a partner who some days annoys the ever-loving shit out of you. Um, But that's okay. Like, love is prevailing in spite of that. And, like, Mm -hmm. she learns that. And and it shows that both in, like, a mother-daughter relationship, but also in a wife-husband relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, in spite of everything that's happened over the years, her and her husband are able to overcome all of that and and reconnect. And you know, and we see that like in the in the ending when they when they finally go into the IRS, they're in there as like a full family. And while they're waiting for the elevator, she like grabs her husband and just kiss passionately him. gives him a massive just kiss of like. And it's very clear like that probably is not something she's done in twenty years. 
And he's very surprised by it. <laughs> he's insanely surprised, but she also, and she's genuinely happy that she's done it, and he's genuinely happy that it's happened. Well, and her like, daughter's there that this time too yeah, to help and to shit. help out it's as like, well. Like, they're that, not the they're not at odds, and... but they're also both. It, it you can kind of see it on both of their faces when they're talking to um, Jamie Lee Curtis's IRS rep. Um, they're hearing every other. Yeah, thank you. They're hearing every other universe. Yep, like going that, on. those abilities are still there. Um, but like, and even then, like you, you know, you like she also kind of learns that like some of like the the nitpicking coming from her mom comes from love. Like when they go in, like her, her mom looks back at the girlfriend and is like, she's got like the little buzz cut thing yeah. on the side here, and is like, you throw your hair out, out. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then walks off. And so, but like, so like that's the point is like sometimes criticisms come from a place of love mm-hmm. and yeah maybe the ones delivering it need to be better about how they deliver it but also just because somebody criticizes you doesn't mean they don't love you it doesn't mean they don't care about you it doesn't mm-hmm. mean like in fact if anything often it means the opposite for christmas two like, years ago my mom bought me a scale yeah i know she loves me <laughs> i know she loves me you no know, for christmas this year and like the last 10 years my mom just hasn't been talking to me and i that's how i, that's how I know she loves me she was she respects my wish never to hear from her again oh my so, god <laughs> um, oh gee she took me to court tried to take me to court twice while i was a senior in high school that's how i know she loves me oh <laughs> god maternal Ooh. love uh, but like no, like I would say more so like with my dad. Like I know he hates my tattoos. Guarantee he hates my job. But like yeah, I I, I see nothing wrong with saying he loves me in spite of those things. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to love every inch of a person to love that person. That's kind of a selfish and conceited mindset to honestly have, and that kind of stems from like that that like participation trophy mindset of like you know you exist means that you're amazing. Like no. You exist. Also, you can be amazing, but those are not. But you're too, also really shitty. Too. Yeah, like those are not two connected facts, and that's kind of what this teaches. And it's a massive, but like it teaches it in a very like emotional, start bawling your eyes out kind of way. Ugh. And it's a massive breath of fresh air. Well, what's nice too about it is that it's not just the emotional impact of that conversation the two of them have. It is the culmination of this entire movie meets there at yes, that point. Exactly. Like that, the you could think the climax of this movie, right from like a a visual or like a cinematography standpoint, is that final fight where Evelyn starts to actually like use her her gift of these universes to give to people rather than take. Right. Whereas like Joy's has been to take. Mm-hmm. Um. But really, the main where this movie fully comes together is that reconciliation. Yeah, of just and it's just the two of them. And it is in front of a car in a parking lot. I cannot describe any how beautiful that scene is. Yeah, it is the it is the least appealing visually. There's not like any weird or fancy camera work that goes into it. It is two shots. It is over the shoulder shots and a wide shot, and that's it. And it's just what's being said and how it's being closed, and it. Oh my god, like Chef Kiss. Like that is beautiful way to end this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah. They just continue on with their lives living living actively both of them are living in this universe together. Uh just going on with their lives. Yep. Actually giving that shit a go. Yeah. And uh and you it's can kind of it's crazy. kind of implied like and there's there's so many like during the fight especially there's so many like 
there's like a universe where they're just like children drawings like they, they're yeah. just drawings on paper my favorite though is when they're pinatas and she's like well i guess we're gonna hang around for a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and yeah it's oh, it is such a heartfelt and emotional movie that just goes in so many places i did not expect but like what's so pleasant because there's movies that go like, good, the way yes. you don't expect and it's bad yes um Boy, should i <laughs> Halo, every episode of Halo. <laughs> um, but this is just like, it's... Like, I don't know how the fuck this movie was written. Because, like, it's... It's tropey without being tropey. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's... It's like a breath of fresh air, but it's a movie we've seen before. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this movie and do again recommend that everybody sees it as at least once as soon as you possibly Highly. can yeah if if you if there's one thing to take away from this giant fucking episode is please go watch this movie seriously like, um how many people do you think started to get up and leave about halfway through the movie because well cuz cuz it's it's separated into three parts <laughs> And the um, first part ends as if the movie's over. Yeah, it because ends it, like the movie's like over. Directed and written by, and you're like, I remember sitting there and just being like, "No way!" But also because of how this movie is, there was a part. There was like a small part. It was like that could be the end of this film. The fuck? Wait like, a second. yeah, when she when she initially dies, dies, yeah, quote unquote. Um, that's the end of just, part that's one, the end of which part is one. But there are, there are three parts. And then part two is the everything, and then which part is, three is the all at once. Yeah. And, so, and, and it tells you, like, like, the movie starts out and it tells you, like, you know, part one, everything. And so, like, you know, and I, and I had to remind myself, I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. That was part one. And, and for a second, I was even like, does that mean we're getting, like, is this going to be a uh, trilogy? Part two? <laughs> like, is this a trilogy? And part two is the next movie? And I'm confused now. What? <laughs> and then it, and then it pans out, and, like, that's what's a movie that's be like, this is all being watched as a movie in a different universe. You're like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I wonder how many people like stood up to leave. I checked um, my phone. I won't lie to you, because I'm like the runtime of this movie is like just over two hours. And I checked my phone. I'm like, it's only been like an hour and twenty minutes. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, there is no post credit scene in this movie. I didn't think there was. I didn't even. Stay. I didn't think there was. I just I'm at the point now where I Google to be safe. Like the second the credits start, the first thing I do is open my phone and just go, "Is there?" I doubt it, but also multiversal movie. Right. So who knows? There might be something funny with the hot dog finger people. Right. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah like it's, it may not necessarily be, you know, a giant, you, you know, an MCU level setup. It could just be a funny fucking clip. Oh, hi. Um, but yeah, out of, out of five butt plug trophies, <laughs> uh, what do you give this? 4.75. I'm giving it a full five. You know what? Actually, yeah, I'm gonna go with the full. This is our first five. This is I agree this with is that. a full five out of five movie. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I didn't think we'd get one for I a didn't very think, long time. I didn't time. think we'd ever get one. Yeah, like if ever, especially right now. I kind of figured that like at some point we get bored and we'd do like Lord of the Rings and that would be my five. Like <laughs> that's that's legit. Like I was like, all right, at some point just to give us a five, we'll we'll rewatch Lord of the Rings and, and review the and trilogy. And I'll give it a three. And I'll give it a five, and you'll either give it a four or higher, or get murdered. Um, and uh, so that's that's what I expected. Like, yeah, I'm with you. I didn't think, but this is a five. No, this deserves it. Honestly, this deserves a five out of five. Um, 
So And if you've watched any of our other you know that we're hard asses too. I know. Like that's my only like fear giving this a five is that's gonna immediately set the bar ridiculously high for a lot of people, and they're gonna be like, "What the? Why, I think why my, the hell did you tell me to watch this?" Because it should be set high because this it, movie will achieve your expectations. Yes. Absolutely, this movie will achieve your expectations. Yeah, if if anyone comes out and tells me to my face that this movie did not hit their expectations, I'm gonna make them sit down and tell me why. Like, I'm gonna hit them. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hit them first. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit down because they're gonna be on their knees, holding their dick in pain. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna give them hot dog fingers. <laughs> I'm gonna shove a di- butt plug trophy up their ass. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the movie. Oh, it was so fucking good. Anything, everything, all at once. Yeah. Um, let's see. There are two things I just want to like, touch on, like the follow up, just thing that I'm thinking about before we jump. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Um, well, my quick, what are you doing, is nothing. Well, we're going to get to the what are you doing. It's <laughs> not, doing, not there I'm yet. not doing shit. Um, but, like, one, and one fits in this movie a little bit. Like, so, there's been, there's been this, like, weird belief going around that, like, not knowing the outcome of a movie makes it better. Like, this is why adaptations should ignore the source material, because... If you watch an adaptation and you know the source material, it means the movie's not as good. <coughs> Halo. Uh, right? To which I would counter with, you know, Fantastic Four versus the MCU initially. <laughs> one one succeeded and one didn't, and it's because one was more accurate to the source material than the other one. But also, one was also just got off. But also the, the problem with that mentality, and I think that's what Hollywood writers are aware of, and that's why every movie now is a mystery. Like It's, it's, it's about... It's just about keeping you in the dark until we get to the very end of the film, mm-hmm. rather than telling a good story. Like, and honestly, with like a good story, people should, for the most part, not for every movie, but people should be able to figure out the ending. Like, we live in such a connected world. Like, the idea that no one could figure out the ending is impossible mm-hmm. because we have the internet and we have millions of people who are all every time a project is i mean look at all the people already with uh thor love and thunder already Uh picking out the plot points exactly we did that yeah we already know he's gonna spend fucking two minutes with the guardians and then that's it yeah like and it's one of those things where like knowing that isn't gonna make the movie better or worse i mean at the end of the day like if a million people each come up with their own different theory about a movie at least one of those is gonna be right Mm mm-hmm but there, there are. This is something I learned about recently. There are actual like full-on movies that have like reshot the entire final sequence because somebody in an advanced screening guessed it, you know, or because like somebody online based on the trailer was like, "Oh, this is what's going to happen," and they went, "Oh, well, we have to change it now," you know. It, it's and then that just ends up making the movie worse usually because maybe the original one was better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's it's like when um, Star Trek Into Darkness came out and the first trailer dropped. And everyone's like, "Oh, so Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be Khan." And the director's like, no, that's it's not Khan. It's a new character. It's someone different. And then the movie came out, and it was Khan. Mm-hmm. Or the same with Prometheus. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, is this an alien prequel? And Ridley Scott's like, no, it's it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the alien's world. Not at all. No way. And and so, and all that does is then make it disappointing because like, no, like. 
we were okay that we like it wasn't upsetting that we all guessed it was an alien like that's why we were like if anything that's why people were excited for prometheus is because it was an alien prequel Mm -hmm. and so getting told that wasn't what it was kind of lowered the excitement a little bit and then finding out that is what it was just made everyone annoyed i think the for me the example that hit really home for that was uh batman arkham city no arkham knight Mm mm-hmm or because of the trailer, we all guessed the Arkham Knight was Jason Todd. Yeah, it was Red And Hood. then they were like, no, it's not Jason Todd. We're like, well, then who I remember that being a big fucking Yeah, stink. and we're like, who the fuck is and then, and then the game came out, we're all like, yeah, it was Jason, like... You're like, no, it's a new character. And Arkham Knight's a new character. Like, the fact that, like, every, like, hallucination leading up to that, it, we're, like, all that did was make us go the whole time and go, I'm pretty sure I'm it's pretty sure Jason Todd. Jason's like, who the Todd. fuck else could it be? And so instead of enjoying it, we're all just sitting there going... What else is it going to be? You fucking lying sack. And like, it, like trying to to make it a mystery is what hurt the story of that game rather than elevating it. And so, like that's like that's just one. Is I think like just knowing the outcome. Like that's that's going to be subjective to you if that ruins it or not. But like, I think as a whole to just act like universally that ruins a movie. Like no, for a lot of people it doesn't. Like. Literally look at every adaptation everywhere. I would say safely for the majority of people, turning it into a giant surprise just annoys. Like, another great example, uh, Planet of the Apes. Not the James You're Franco one. talking about the Mark Wahlberg one? I'm talking about the Mark Wahlberg, Tim Burton one. Mm. Where they had to surprise everyone. So instead of doing the ending the way it traditionally is, where you know he realizes he's on Earth because the Statue of Liberty is there and it's destroyed... You know, he gets back to his home planet, or so he thinks, and then the statue of Abraham Lincoln is is on an ape. ape. Yeah, and you're just like, what the f- the fuck is going? And on? it was just to have a whole new shock value, but it was like, if you had if you had stuck to the original version, that would have helped this dog shit film. And so, and that's, and I think you know, the epitome of this is. Honestly, The Lost Jedi, where he had, like, an entire team whose job it was, was to find fan theories just to make sure they didn't make it into the movie. And that fundamentally weakened the script, because the script stopped being about telling a good story, and it started being just about subverting expectations. You know, you could call that Lost Jedi syndrome, you could call that Game of Thrones syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like, and ultimately, the story will suffer if that's your goal. And I think as an audience, it's almost naive and a little bit dumb to act like that universally makes it better. Like any like to, to say that anything you like outside of just good writing. Good writing universally makes movies better cuz it's like good this, writing. Like this movie. Right? But like I think another prime example is uh, in uh, How I Met Your Mother when Barney's like new is always better. And they're like, "Really? Always?" Like, "Yeah." And then the first thing Ted says is, "So the prequels those are better than the original Star Wars trilogy." <laughs> and he's like, "Yes. Those are visual masterpieces that are just and like you can tell like, he's like fuck my entire theory was immediately proven wrong and, and as well as like like just those kind of like blanket statements and then the other one is uh, like another criticism and this one this one we're gonna rip into when we get to halo but like i just wanted to like lightly touch on it now so you're all prepared the the uh the blanket defense that because they warned us about whatever you can't criticize it like, I mean, imagine if we just applied that to life. Hey, guys, the next four hours of what we're going to talk about are going to come across as really racist. However, I've warned you, so therefore it's okay. 
for us to be really racist for the, like no that honestly is a decent example <laughs> <laughs> right like it's one of those like no you can't just do that and so and the same thing applies to like horrible writing like you can't just sit there and go we're gonna adapt this but heads up before we go into this we're ignoring everything you know about this franchise so therefore when the movie comes out you can't make any complaints that have to do with our inaccuracies because we warned you in advance we were going to be inaccurate like rings of power yeah rings of power halo which you could also call rings of power um <laughs> the, fa- the the newest fantastic four remake where they said like day one like this is not for fans of the comic book we plan to ignore that as much as possible like at that point you have to ask the question that you asked about like the mystery why yeah, who is this for why are we making this and at the end of the day because at that point you're not making it for the fans but the fans are still gonna at least try to watch it and then yeah they're gonna all get mad and you can't just fall back on the well we warned you that like we were ignoring why you love this so therefore it's okay to shit all over what you love that's not how that works so like I don't know. Those are just two defenses that have been popping up a lot lately, especially when it comes to like Halo and the Rings of Power primarily. I just, yeah, just wanted to kind of like acknowledge those. And be like, no, that's not a thing. That's, that's not, not a thing that you can do. That's not. I mean, everybody has their own subjective opinion, mm-hmm. right? But there still is uh, objectively good and bad. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, like. There's also just that, like, that's the question that I feel like way too many studios aren't asking. Because the answer is always the same. Money. But even when that's the answer to the question why, like, this is for money, my follow-up question would still be, all right, if you're trying to make as much as possible, why would you not also try to be as accurate as possible? Like, that's, that's that's the writing room I would love to actually sit in and be a part of. Like, a fly on the wall is just to, like... Whenever it comes up, we're like, you know, we're going to actively just deviate this heavily. The only answer that makes sense to me is somebody had a script that they knew would never sell on their own. And so they went, cool. This is, what IP is this most similar to? Let me shove it in there. Like, it's kind of like, for example, like Fifty Shades of Grey. That was Twilight fan fiction. That was never going to go anywhere as Twilight fan fiction. So the creator of that changed the names of a couple characters, removed vampires, and then somehow turned those books, like, made those into books, which then got made into movies. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like, honestly, that's what's happening more and more. Like, with IP. Like, for example, Halo. Like, I think someone had a generic sci-fi story that they wanted to tell about, like, some kind of a super soldier and aliens and stuff like that. And they went, this is terrible on its own. So no one will actually watch this. But. However, we have the Halo IP. So how about we just tweak some of your characters. We'll tweak some of the vehicles, but we'll still leave in the Chevy Tahos. Just the Chevy Tahos. And uh, we'll call it Halo. And, you know, it'll be just similar enough. We'll, we'll be upfront about how we're changing shit. And uh, that should, you know, the name. That'll get us there. Yep. You know, DICE and EA did that with Star Wars Battlefront. That's yep. what Amazon's about to do with Rings of Power. Like, it's... I legit think that's really... Because the only alternative, which is so much worse, is they went, no, let's 
Halo is popular. Let's let's tell a story. Let's either adapt it directly or let's expand on the world. Let's like somebody was legitimately excited to play with Halo, and a buttload of other fingers jumped in and went, "Okay." However, mm-hmm. just because I decided, let's change this and this and this, like, like those are the only two options, really. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, well, and it's, well I too mean, many you cooks can that also, also say, just don't care. If you look at things like, I'm not saying that you can't like Halo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just because I fucking hate it, yeah, um, doesn't mean that like subjectively it's bad for you. But also, if you like it, that doesn't make it the rule. Mm-hmm. Just because you like something, like, I love the movie Miami Connection. It's a fucking bad movie. It's a really bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to go around to people. I mean, I even told you about it. I was like, hey, if you want to watch this, it's horrible. <laughs> like, it's it's a dog shit movie, yeah. but you'll have fun. Um, maybe, or you won't. I don't fucking know. But also, it's, it's, like, I just don't understand why it's some people's prerogative to... If they like something, then everybody has to like yeah. it. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, who cares? Who right? fucking cares? Like, and I think at the end of the day, like, for me, as long as this is going to, there's no better, like, there's no good way to put this. It's going to sound aggressive and mean, but whatever. Like, as long as you can defend your stance, like, with vol- any kind of validity, great. But, like, and, like, that's where, the, and this, I think this is why, for the most, like, this is why, prime example, we talked about this a little bit earlier. There's only one person who actually enjoyed The Last Jedi whose opinion I respect. Because everyone else who enjoyed it will flat out lie about the issues with mm-hmm. it. Like when you go like, okay, well this is a problem because this, this, and this. We can clearly point out here. And when the response says, well that's what's in the movie, therefore deal with it. Like I literally had one guy who I thought it was a calm, passive conversation. Like especially relative to like some of the conversations I can have, admittedly. Um... But we were talking, and he's like, there's no plot holes. I'm like, no. And I start listing off plot holes that are in the movie that aren't based on, like, where I thought it should go, but just, like, an actual, like... Yeah, in the I, lore, in the lore of, like, of the here's movies. Here's 30 plot holes that aren't based on preconceived notions, that are actual just within this movie plot holes. And, like, I listed off, like, two or three, and he was like, well, then just don't watch Star Wars anymore. And, like, stop. I'm like... Oh, fucking cry me a river and drown yourself in I it. I know. I'm like, okay, first off, like, we can disagree on this, and that's fine. But, like, if you're going to say you like it because it's the perfect movie, I'm going to rip that to shreds because you can like it, but also you can, like, it can be acknowledged. Like, for example, I love Cowboys vs. Aliens. I did too. I know that that is not a great film. It is not a good but, movie. But oh my god, it is fun. <laughs> it's Battleship so much fun. is another one. Oh, well, that, that I love. Well, what a dumb idea for John a fucking Carter, movie. Another one. I love hated John that movie, Carter. By the way, I so love John. good. But I also read the books, and like it was actually pretty accurate to the books. I never read like, the books. Um, it was the same author who did the original like mini books, uh, Tarzan of the Apes. Didn't Jake Gyllenhaal do like a Prince of Persia movie? That yeah, was did. really fucking bad. It was so bad, but you know I what? I think that's one we all agreed on, though. It was bad, but I had fun. Like, yeah, all of us agreed it was a I bad movie. I also admit, never played the game, so like, there's not that to taint the movie Son of a that bitch. much more. But like, I had fun with it. Like, I walked out being like, oh, that was a good time. Oh, everyone hates this. Okay, <laughs> my bad. Like, again, I will not say that was a good movie. I won't, like, I, yeah, it's riddled with issues, and, like, I'm not going to defend those issues, because I can separate, like, the objective and the subjective. You know, I can go, yeah, objectively, 
It's a horrible film. Mm-hmm. Subjectively, I enjoyed every fucking second I was yeah. in that movie theater. Fucking A. And that's okay. And like, I've met one person who can basically put that with The Lost Jedi, who's like, yeah, I will admit, those are all issues. Those are plot holes. But you know what? In spite of those, I had fun and enjoyed it. I'm like, great. I still think you're dumb. However, I respect your opinion. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's not a hard thing to do. It's just no. everybody's entire. It's not hard to be like, to disagree on something and then that's the end of it. Is like, oh, okay, well, we don't agree on this. Cool. All yeah. right. Whatever. 100%. Not everybody has to see things from your fucking point of view. No. Like, like, I mean, I would word that differently because I think it's it's good to see things from somebody else's point of view, but like, that doesn't mean you have to agree. Okay, sure. Um, but especially when it comes to... Well, same same thing, essentially. I, I, I think that you can understand somebody else's point of view, sure. But it doesn't mean you have to agree with yeah, it or and change like, your and point of view based especially, off of it. And especially when it comes to enjoyment of movies and video games. like I guess I like, should preface that that's really what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm like, not talking that's, about that's, social issues right? here. Well, cause like, We're not getting I, political on this podcast. One of the, one of the, well, okay, here's a non-political example that came to mind immediately was there's that image where it's two people... And there's like a number on the ground. And the one on the left is like, it's a six. And the other one's like, it's a nine. And the caption's like, technically, they're both right based on where they're standing. And it's all about like, you know, that's why you need to be understanding of somebody else's perspective. But then there was like an edit to that, which I love the edit because it crosses out. It's like, no, someone drew this. Someone drew a six or a nine. And just because like, so let's, we'll hypothetically say someone drew a nine. The person who stands on the bottom and sees a six, they are wrong. The other person needs to understand their perspective, and they need to understand each other's perspective so you can go, one person is clearly right, one person's wrong, but I can see why, based on where you're standing, you see a six. Sure. And it's a great metaphor, and I'm like, yes, this is agreed. And it's, that's a great metaphor for like the political and like, the, like the serious like life that. stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, no, no, there is still the truth, right? There's not... Like, the person who's shouting, it's a six, if it was actually a nine. Like, and that's the, what they're seeing. And the truth? The Halo truth is, is a bad a show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is Halo is dog shit. Halo's um, a bad show. <laughs> but, like, to the person who's seeing a six is wrong. And that's okay that they're wrong. And, like, that's where the person who sees a nine needs to explain, like, oh, no. Actually, based on the map that I have, like, this is where you're supposed to be standing. And it's a nine. Better treasure fine. hunting movie than Uncharted. Right. <laughs> And that's that's completely uh what Hans says Ishtar was a great movie. <laughs> <coughs> and like and that's true for like truths, right? Like how the world works, science, statistics, like like physics, like all of that. Like that's gravity is a thing, right? The earth is round. Flat earthers, shut up. Um The Earth's a bagel. Oh, everything bagels. <laughs> but like as far as enjoyment, like, and that's and that's the difference, you know, like the absolute truth is when it comes to objectivity, you know, like this movie. Here's the re- like this movie has these is these are plot holes, these are character inconsistencies, like those are things that you can clearly define, right? Like if you have a character whose entire motivation is to help people, and twenty minutes into the movie you see that person just murdering the ever loving shit out of a bunch of children. Kind of like Morbius, right? <laughs> Matt Smith and Morbius. Yeah, right. Like then that's that becomes a writing issue because that's not set up. Therefore, it is a character inconsistency. That's an objectively bad moment because that's objectively poorly right, poor writing. Subjectively, you could still be like, I loved watching you know that person murder all those children. That was an enjoyable scene and that was great. And I don't care that it makes no sense at all. Fuck Padawans, right? 
Especially Don't... younglings. <laughs> Kill the younglings. <laughs> but, like, even, like, Anakin killing the younglings, like, that was built up to over three different fucking movies leading up to that. Like, And it was also it would, my it, favorite scene. Right? It would be much more of an issue if, like, Anakin in the first movie just, like, murders, like... Oh, he waits till the second all one to kill all those sand people. <laughs> but even then, like, he's killing, like, what in his eyes are just grunting monsters more so than, like, sentient people. They're just... Yeah, he didn't see Book of Boba Fett right? before he did that. Yeah, he, yeah, he, <laughs> he did, did not see, uh, did see Dancing that. with Tuscans. He, did. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't learn their sign language oh. and understand that they are proud and tribal <laughs> and loving people. Who, you know, if you kill a uh, Mortal Kombat monster in the desert, they'll uh, give you a stick of your own. <laughs> <laughs> this is your stick now. <laughs> they did, they missed that. He Anakin missed all of that. Anakin um, would have watched the first episodes of Book of Boba Fett and been like, five years? This is five years? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, and yeah, blood on your spots. Lazy writing. And like, those are, like, lazy writing and like, those are objectively like those are things that you can measure and so like that's that's another issue like objectivity is getting erased in the name of subjective subjective enjoyment and that's mm. something like we try to acknowledge both on here like that's why our rating is a blend of it was well written and also did we like it like we'll, we'll separate those and balance those out and so like that's why you might hear us bitch about a movie but still give it like a three and a half or have a lot of good things to say about a movie but give but it also two. bad things um, like you don't like the bagel yeah, like, I mean, we've definitely had movies on here that we criticize more than we praise, but it's got above a 50% rating just because it had its issue. Like, honestly, perfect example is the first half hour of Morbius. Like, we both agreed, like, the Good, first right? 30 minutes, highly enjoyable film. We still had a buttload of issues to point out in that The first, first 20 minutes. minutes of the Batman, I still think, is, like, perfect filmmaking. Yeah. Um, they just kind of shut the bed on the rest of right? it. Right. The entire rest, it's, it's everything after the, 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 the rest of the three hours. And even the first 20 minutes could have really just been the first, like, 12 minutes very easily. And, and that's nothing. true. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, yeah, like, like what you like, but don't, don't get insanely defensive because somebody else doesn't like it. And take, take that step back, like. Somebody finding an objectively poor, like an object, an objective issue with a TV show or a movie, doesn't have to taint your enjoyment, and you don't need to white knight like the defense of a TV series because someone pointed out a plot hole. That also just seems like the really the stupidest fucking thing to get on your soapbox for. Yeah, like Jesus like I liked Christ. it, therefore it's like okay, great. That doesn't mean it doesn't have issues. Yeah, and that's right. okay. Like, <laughs> it's okay for someone to point out an issue with something, and vice versa. Like, it's 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 also okay to enjoy something, mm-hmm. and to let people enjoy something without having to like attack. Like, and the, and I think one of the biggest problems is that we live in a world where like the question why is seen as an attack. And I know, like for me, it's curiosity. I'm asking because I actually want to know. Like. Oh, you like that? Okay. I hated it. Why did you like it? Like, why? I'm not attacking. Like, if someone came up to me and said, no, Halo was fantastic, I'd be like, cool. Tell okay. me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. <laughs> um, because, like, 
Bloodhound says that uh, Stargate 1 was the best TV show ever, and he will die on that hill. I've never seen it. I'll try it out. Fuck it. I'd rather watch that instead of Moon Knight and Halo. Um, I think House has the best series finale episode of any show that I've ever seen. I'll die on that hill. Um, I really like the show Community. I haven't actually seen Community. Uh, it, I'll tell you, after the beginning of season five, it really goes downhill. Yeah? Is that when it moved to like... No, that was season talk? six oh. is when it went to Yahoo Screen. That's what it was. Um, but It was supposed to be like the selling like... You should get our app because we have community now. But I was like, no, season five already ruined the show. So that's not. And season six has its sleeper episodes. Even season five does too. But it just feels like the dynamic is gone from like the first couple of seasons that made that show great. But it's also one of the shows that like I revisit. It's a, it's become a comfort show. Kind of like new girl. New girl has become a comfort (laughs) show for me too. We're like, you know, I if I just want to watch Future, something, Future I know Rama I'll enjoy. Has one of the best finale episodes ever. Well, have there three different finale episodes? Uh, yeah, but like, but what, like, what's which finale episode? Current actual finale episode. Is that the one where Fry and Leela go? They grow old because like yeah. time's frozen, mm-hmm. and then it's like, hey, do you want to go back to the beginning and start over? And you're like, all right, I guess I'll go back to the episode one. Here we go. Sure. <laughs> um, rewatching that though, I've noticed. I don't know if they add this later or not, but like when you're watching episode one. You pause it just the right moment, right before Fry falls in the tank. You can see Nibbler's shadow. That's been there since the beginning, by I the way. I thought so. It's crazy because I remember that um, when the Nibbler episode happened, where he explains, "I'm the one that pushed you into that thing yeah. because of the prophecy." Yeah, because of the brains. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" And I went back and watched it. I was like, "Oh my god, it's <laughs> Nibbler!" Like that's that's I don't know. The Futurama is also just a fantastic fucking TV it series. Is. And you know what? Bloodhound, I'll die on that hill, too. Uh, I will also die on this hill that um, the Blacklist has the best opener of any TV series ever. Like, the best opening episode. Haven't watched episode. it. You've, told, you've been telling me to watch Blacklist since I'm we started doing this. I'm going to show you the intro, just the first, like, five minutes. That, 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 that'll be enough to be like, oh, fuck, I need to check this out. I'm going to go home and watch it. <laughs> like, it's just the first five minutes. is like a, It's that hard of a sell. Like, damn. It's, it's the best, like, that's why I'm like, it's the best, like, opener. Um, and that's a hill I'll die on. But yeah, well, um, up. Let's see our our next week. This one I don't see as changing. Uh, our next week's going to be the unbearable, unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I I'm cannot so fuck it. Apparently, like that movie, like rekindled Pedro Pascal's like excitement for acting. Oh yeah, so I love like, to hear shit like that. Right? I was like, that's that's the kind of shit that makes me actually excited for a movie. Because like when you get like just like the generic like, oh yeah. It's this great. Is, this is a movie all of you should see, especially in theaters, because it's good. I'm like, yeah, that means it's bad. That means it's probably. I also, good. we were talking about this last week, the exclusively in theaters. Not every trailer. I now. saw that on the fucking on a trailer before watching this movie, and I was like, come on, right? come on. And then the next trailer was like exclusively in theaters, I and I was like, we get it's it. Built in the trailers now, I'm like, we first get off, it. None of you guys have streaming apps, so I don't know why you like. Like Sony does that. I'm like Sony. You guys don't even have an app anyway. Like, no one. <laughs> what like, are you gonna put the it? The only on, like the people who really aren't doing it that much are the two that have the most right to do it, which is Warner Brothers and Disney, mm-hmm. because they're the ones that released movies on their own app. And, like no one else even really had that as an option. And so, it's yeah, it's overly annoying because no one else is fucking doing it. Like, <laughs> I'm like none of you guys have apps to, to, that would like. At no point did I think, oh my god. 
will this movie be on an app somewhere near me that I can watch? Like, oh, oh no, <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't. I don't expect it to, and that's okay. Like, I'm kind of, I, I'm glad that the Thor teaser didn't have anywhere, you know, exclusively in theaters. The might of a thunder god is better on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. I will say, though, the one thing I did appreciate is that there's going to be a, a workout montage where he burns off his fat. <laughs> I, did, I did like that, too. Well, that would be fun. He's doing, like, the ropes, but it's two giant chains. Two giant chains <laughs> and some dead fucking demon. <laughs> I was uh, like, all right, that I appreciated. They looked, the, 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 to be fair, the chains looked fake as fuck, and I hope that gets cleaned up before the movie comes out, <laughs> but also knowing Taika Waititi, it probably won't. Because, <laughs> um, like, it's the same with, like, Zeus's Thunderbolt. I'm like, that... You couldn't have just done like CGI lightning. It's it's gonna be just a giant plastic, which again adds to the. It's probably gonna be a massive joke sequence because it's a Taika Waititi movie. Like mm. again, like all of this shit that you can just pull out. Like that's it's a prop because it's gonna be a gag. <laughs> like at some point, this joke's gonna happen. Zeus is gonna hold it, and then Thor is gonna summon actual lightning and be like, "Oh, who's the real god of thunder now?" It's that joke is happening. I'm calling it now all right. before that movie comes out. All right. Ugh. Well, what have you been up to, man? Oh, uh, Bloodhound said he had to wait to watch Lost Titty till it's streaming on Paramount Plus. Do you not have a movie theater, or are you unwilling to go to a movie theater? I'm not judging you; just curious. Or is your movie theater like severely limited, and that's already not in theaters anymore for you? Possible. Possible. Like where I lived, that was a thing, 100. percent This movie wasn't being shown at our Regal, our normal Regal theater. Yeah, it was. What? I looked at. I'm like I, I literally was at Regal like earlier today and watched it and it's been there for a few days now. Cause it was there yesterday. So you know how I forgot the title of this movie? <laughs> I bet I looked at Regal and was like, damn, they're not showing it. Cause they're I didn't see anything. I didn't see the title that I thought it was. <laughs> um, ah, so Bloodhound's mom is a Sandra Bullock fan. So Oh hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely definitely a good one. Definitely that worth watching. We've actually um, seen, had some good movies. We've had an uptick. Before, Since yeah. Considering like the last time we counted five of our episodes, I think it wasn't like five, like five or six. Less than half, but... Oh, way less than half. But more than we initially thought. More than we thought. Um, were positive, and the rest were all negatives. Um, oh, damn. Well, I hope she pulls through. Bloodhound's uh, mom is in chemotherapy right now. Oh, shit. So he's waiting to watch it with her. Yeah, send her our best, man. Tell her to watch our reviews. Yeah, definitely, definitely no movie theaters. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel I feel that. Um, but you'll but enjoy on the, the movie. Biggest yeah. TV that you can. It was round sound. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're in the movies. Yeah. You're in a projector. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So next next up is uh, it's massive talent. What you been up to? Nothing really. Working. That's about that's about it. <laughs> Seeing family and stuff, but other than that, I mean, we just did Easter, so. Nice. I was getting mentally prepared. That's fair. Uh, and it was good. Easter was a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's me. Uh, I finished Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. A good ending sets up for a, a third one. So, we'll see if that happens. Just who knows. Bitchin'. But hope it does. Um, started Finally started Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. It feels a lot, I would equate it to like the Disney era of Star Wars. All It's very, very pretty, and there's less substance than it. Like, it suffers, so like, I think, I blame The Witcher 3 for this. The Witcher 3, 
made everyone decide that every single franchise needed to be open world. Like this game's open world? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, exactly. Um I did not expect that. I yeah. So, yeah, it, it's way more like open world, less linear. Like I mean, like you still play through the movie, but in between like short story segments and cutscenes, it's just like, cool, you're on like Naboo, go explore the planet. Like, we'll mark where the next chapter point is, otherwise explore and look around. But like there's also still like story mode and free play mode, so you have to massively explore all these worlds twice. Because on the first playthrough, you're you know, just like the original Lego Star Wars games, you're limited to like the canon characters for certain segments. So then you have to go back through a second. So there's like on your first playthrough, there's almost like an incentive to ignore the open world because you know you have to come back and do this again. Mm. And so, but also the story moments are so rushed and small relatively compared to like the original version that you kind of feel the need to explore the open world so that it doesn't take you an hour and a half to be each movie. So it's a weird, it's a weird, terrible balance. And, and that's where I blame The Witcher, because like ever since, like The Witcher, The Witcher did probably the best job of having both a massive open world that wasn't too dense, that also had massively unique side quests that enriched the world and felt like they were really well thought out and planned and added to the campaign instead of detracting, you know, and making you just go on wild goose chases for so long that you forgot what the main story was by the time you get back to it. Mm. Whereas I feel like now everyone's trying to capture that. Every big franchise is turning into that. Fucking Halo was even an open world fucking campaign. And so dumb. And like everyone's <laughs> trying to get even bigger maps that have way more shit going into them. And so because of that, all the side quests just feel like they picked 10 and recycled the fuck out of them and are just doing them over and over and over again. And you get so lost in trying to 100% everything that like you forget about the campaign. And then if you do beat the campaign, it turns out the campaign is at most 20% of the entire game. And the other 80% is so that they can brag about how many hours they put into a game. And that and it's it's an it's annoying. It's ruining opening open world games cuz like before Witcher 3, I felt like a game was open world because that made sense for the concept and everything was really well thought out and planned and they were fewer and farther between. But then Witcher 3 just kind of it popped in when like there wasn't really a trend. There was just a lot of complaining about everything getting stale, so everyone's like, "Well, what's the new, like We'll see what game breaks records, and that'll be the idea we all steal from. And sadly, it was Witcher 3. So everyone is now just doing an insane amount of open-world games. And so now that's what LEGO Star Wars is. So yeah, it's, it's all nine movies. Um, I just started with prequel and decided to go, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. Kill me, kill me, kill me. Kill me, kill me, kill me. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, um, yeah, and like, and like, there is the occasional like game that does it right, uh, as Bloodhound points out. Uh, Zelda apparently did it right. I think the first Horizon did it way better than the second one. I think the second one just kind of suffers from that. We put too much in here. I think if there's just a little bit less to do, there's a little bit less RPG element, it would have helped. Um, I think God of War did it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there's something to be said for at least a somewhat... I think God of War does it well because it balances, like, 
you have like the open world as like your main central hub, but then each story segment is somewhat more linear. Yeah, there's some and, linearity there. Yeah, and there, there's something to be actually, I think there's something to be said for having linearness in a story game because like just imagine if every other chapter in a book was just something completely random that had nothing to do with the campaign that you were doing. Like, if you had a couple chapters like that, it might be all right. But if that was after every chapter in the book, it might get a little bit boring after a while. And then by the time you get to the end, you're like, oh, yeah, what the fuck's going on? I don't even... What? And, you know, maybe to add to it, those side, those side chapters are also like a choose-your-own-adventure novel built within the main book itself. And, like, that's what it's starting to feel like. And, yeah, that works more in a video game world. But when the actual story that you're trying to progress is lost because... You know, once once you reach the point where you realize, oh, this is probably the final boss, and I'm only twenty percent done with the game, and then you like have to like, so it's like, oh my god, the world's gonna end. We have to save it now. And you're like, all right, be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and then you spend a week and a half side questing and unlocking everything just because you want to be that completionist. And there's so fucking much to do. And, you know, you have a billion weapons and armor sets you have to find and collect and upgrade on top of, like, it's just, it's just, it's so much on top of so much. And that's the thing. It's, and it's just, like, a lot of modern movies and TV shows that are being made for the sake of being made. It's content for content's sake. Mm. You know, it's it's not, it's not there with purpose. It's not there. Like, whereas I don't think there's a single side quest in The Witcher that felt like it was shoehorned in, like, it all felt like they went, yeah, what would be in this spot in the world right now that's something that we could help out with? Like, like almost every single one, like, had me curious. Like, oh, my God, what is this farmer's backstory as I'm going to help him save his, you know, his daughter from the whites that have captured her and are going to murder her in a field somewhere? Like, it was very enriching, and it all expanded. It wasn't, nothing felt overly repetitive, whereas, yeah, I just feel like it's the same five fetch quests on a loop. You know, or just, it's a billion, just, you know, go find the treasure. And that's, like, I think that's the worst part, is, like, even, like, repeated fetch quests, as long as, like, the dialogue and all of that around it is kind of hiding the fact that it's the same fetch quest, like, that can help. But when it's just, we've marked every piece of loot on the map, and there's a billion pieces of loot, like, you like, remember, like, the red bricks from the Lego games? Yeah. And I like, so they have a new thing called Kyber Bricks. And it's more of like kind of a currency to unlock those same collectibles. There's 1,200 across the nine plant, like across the nine movies. There are almost 1,200 of those to collect. No thanks. I'm actually I'm good. Um, and me being me, I'm gonna try to fucking get every goddamn. Thing yeah, I know. Them. I know you are. Uh, <laughs> and like, but like at the same time, I'm just like, what the. It's, I think the first game that made me go, you know what, fuck no, that I've never 100%ed and I'm not going to, is actually Arkham Knight. The Riddler Trophies. Mm -hmm. I got all of them in the previous two, but with this one I was like, there's over 300 Riddler Trophies, and there's not a map to help you find at least half of them. Fuck this. <laughs> like, just, nope, I'm done. I'm just, I'm walking away. Um, and honestly, I think part of... Part of, like, the reason for that is that video games are spoon-fed to us now. Like, I noticed that, like, when playing, especially, like, when playing Horizon Forbidden West, and I've realized that I've seen in other games where, like, 
if you're exploring an area and it takes you more than five seconds to find like the lever you need to push, like your character will start telling you what to do. Like it's like, oh, that rock over there under the second leaf from the left above the tile that's slightly different looks interesting. <laughs> Maybe I should press it. Like, and it happens so fast, and it gets it's getting more and more detailed. Like it's like video games. There's a reason that video games used to be associated with slightly more intelligent nerds, because they like the puzzles were actually that they were puzzles. Like you had to think your way through areas and you had to figure that out. But if you want to expand your audience, then that means you have to, for lack of a better way of putting this, like lower the IQ required <laughs> to play the game. But Y'all like, dumb. I mean, like, like think about like there are games now that even have like a reporter mode. That's easier than easy. So that like reviewers can like test the game basically invincible. Um But I think and I think that's where like the oversaturation of content comes into play is because now instead of, you know, wasting twenty minutes solving a puzzle, you can solve it in all of thirty seconds. And if you can't, there's a billion cheat sheets that'll help you solve it in all of that thirty seconds. So like puzzles are no longer going to be what slow you down playing the game so they have to slow you like to brag about hours they have to slow you down a different way and that just means putting a billion of the same fucking thing yeah, over exactly. and over again so Ugh. so that's yeah so i'm playing like overall i'm still enjoying it um i think like a couple a couple great pluses that i'll give the game uh for the prequel era they brought as many if not all of like the clone wars voice cast back oh, the, nice. so there's dialogue so they re they re-recorded like legitimate dialogue from the movies so that like every cutscene, like all the lines are lines you would already know from the movies. And they brought back some original actors who were willing to come back, like C3PO is Anthony Daniels, Lando Thanks. Calrissian is Billy D. Williams. Uh, for the prequel era, it's all the Clone Wars actors. Um so, like, the dude who's just raking in money voicing clones is just reckoning even more. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because <laughs> it's, one, it's guy. one guy who's voicing every clone on the Clone Wars. Oh, good for that dude. Um, and so he's, yeah, so he's back to voice the clones and Jango Fett and Boba Fett, presumably, in the in the main trilogy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, for Anakin, Darth Maul, like, all of those, it's it's the the actors from the Clone Wars back nice. voicing them. Um, and, you know, you still have, like, all the classic just like and it's funny because they have like a mumble mode so you can like play the game you can choose to play the game without the voice dialogue so it feels more like the original games did <laughs> um you've got uh i don't know if that changes the cutscenes or not i kind of want to like play it once on that or like see a clip of that just to see if it changes anything other than the dialogue um but like and there's the constant like you know the jokes and the cutscenes like those are all there um so like there, there are a lot of like pluses the it's classic Star Wars music throughout everything. And, like, the worlds, like, the open worlds are built, like, really well. Like, they are, like, pretty. And you're me, like, yeah, I know where stuff is. Like, I'm I'm in Naboo. I know what this looks like. I, you know, like, if you if you know Star Wars at all, it's all going to feel extremely familiar in nice. a good way. That's good. Um, so. Chill. But, yeah. Well, word. That's our episode, guys. Yeah, that's it. It's over. Hooray. Um, oh, also, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but we got a new mic. You did. I did. Okay. You did. 
I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been almost three hours. Oh, Jesus. That's also a testament to how good this movie is. Like this, a this fucking great movie. movie has no ties into other shit, but we were still able to talk about it for a while because this, there was a great movie with a lot to talk about. Uh, objectively, great, great movie. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like this, you're wrong. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, well, uh, like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, all that uh, fucking you fun can shit. Find uh, trying to like actually advertise our other social media pages so we can get followers there because we have. Oh done. yeah. Uh, we're the So So Podcast on Twitter and Reddit, uh, so you can follow us there. Uh, links are as always in the description below. Just click that link tree that'll have links to the social medias, um, as well as my Instagram if you want to follow there. Just places where like we'll post updates, and occasionally talk and shit post trying to be better about actually using those but just fucking way too busy yeah, also like i'm trying to like distance social media on a personal level while simultaneously trying to like post our shit on there more <laughs> it's a really weird seesaw it's interesting it's a really really weird nightmarish seesaw so but yeah thank you guys for sticking around and being here love all the support uh the ever-growing 28 subs Woo! All beautiful people hell yeah uh See you next week as we discuss uh, Nicolas Cage starring as himself in Massive Talent. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All right, everyone. Okay, well, bye. Bye. <laughs>